This week in league, budget cuts could see the end of the razzle-dazzle in Newcastle. John Sattler reveals the extent of epic brain damage suffered during the 1970 Grand Final. Turns out Chrissy Sandow is not the only eel that loves some free spins. And we preview all of the action for round 25 of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 169 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, I've uh, got a lot of feedback this week. Um, first thing on Twitter, and it's we can't can't really speak about it, you know, or go right we through it. We can't speak. Track. Can't speak about it. But uh, someone on Twitter by the name of, uh, Twitter handle is Frullens, F-R-U-L-L-E-N-S, sent us a tweet and we retweeted it. And I'll give you the, that guy's name because you'll see it on our timeline retweeted. A, this blueprint of uh, US and Europe league and um, and club affiliation and things like that to grow the game overseas internationally that we spoke about last week and uh, this is a massively massively involved fucking document detailed document so it's it's kind of too too vast to go through on the on the show but I mean get on there find the retweet follow the link because. Um, Man, he's put some fucking time and It's amazingly in well done. Like, yeah. very professional. I'll, I'll, clearly, this guy does something along yeah. these lines for, for a living because it's super professional, really well done, and probably more more thought out than 90% of the stuff coming out of the NRL. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, by all means, get, get in, have a look at it. I mean, I myself, I haven't read every last detail of it because it's just that massive. So, Absolutely. So get get in there, have a read, and interested to hear how people not to not to diminish the man's effort. Um, no, not at all. No, it's 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 magnificent, and it's it's probably a little bit too much straight up for my tiny brain to to decipher, and I do need time to mull over it. But super impressive effort, and it shows you know there's people out there that love the game as much as we do that uh, are pretty fucking good at putting these sorts of documents together. I do just quietly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and that, that is uh, at F-R-U-L-L-E-N-S. So if you don't see our retweet, just uh, hit his timeline. You'll find where he tweeted it to us. Now, Timmy McIntyre. Shout out to the guys from this week in league after their shit teams lose and doing the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge this weekend. Well done, guys. Thank you, I think. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's be real. I mean, it's not uh, it's not like a causative thing. Like, you know, the teams didn't lose and then we did the ice bucket challenge. <laughs> we were challenged by a friend of ours in the States uh, by the name of Dawn, who uh, I wasn't sure if she was still like, you know, a big listener of the show, but because uh, her interest in rugby league, she's a Titans fan all the way from Oklahoma. But um, her interest, I thought her interest in rugby league died when um, Daniel Conn retired. She was a big... Uh Fan Massive. of the Illustrated Man. Massive. The illustrated Sexy oh, Man. The, the Illustrated Sexy Man was her fucking spirit animal. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, she, she nominated us. And you know, I, th- I thought, given that we're, we're quite visible, you know, as far as like, you know, A, as like, you know, gronks and outspoken people amongst just our circle of friends. Yeah. But also like, then you get on Twitter where people just would love to fucking delight in throwing us under a bus for something like that. Do you know? I'm surprised we lasted as long as we did. I, I agree, and I, I knew that my time was going to come. And to be honest, Dawn was the last person I thought was going to nominate. Like me. if someone had to put it on me, I was going to put it on you. Absolutely, I was going to put it on you all yeah. day, you know, <laughs> and probably vice versa. But yeah, sure. I didn't expect that was the last place I expected it to come from. <laughs> but I just my um, two of my best mates that 
I'm sure when they saw the video come up about me doing it, would have just looked at it and went, "Oh shit, I'm next." Fuck. But I can't believe them, you didn't. I can't believe you didn't throw all three of them under the bus. I know, but I know that one has been having a bit of a tough time, family-wise, um, with some illness in his family. I didn't want to put it on him, and then Bradley was away up the coast, and I'm like. He's just going to fucking explode his tiny brain trying to organise an ice bucket challenge while he's away <laughs> on holidays trying to enjoy some time with his family. So I nominated my two sisters and... Uh, they done it yet? They've been super fucking quiet. Yeah, yeah. Karen did send me a message saying something along the lines of, you're fucking dead. Like, or fuck something. you, or yeah. <laughs> yeah. My niece sent me a message saying, mum's not happy. <laughs> and... Uh, Enjoy your children while you can, because when I see you, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be interested to see what happens, though. Yeah, because i got Kaz's on my Facebook as well, so hopefully she does put it up there eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck, I'd like to send a bucket from the... Like, climb up onto the roof yeah. and get a bucket and just probably drop the bucket and the water and the ice There's on There's been it. some fails like that where people have tried to get, yeah. get friends. <laughs> what about the chick on the horse? Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking, you fucking idiot? And you see people trying to tip like a wheelie bin <laughs> on the, you know, that's like on the roof, like on their head, oh. stuff on their head and like their friends can't keep the wheelie bin under control once it goes that tipping point <laughs> and they just end up getting smashed by the wheelie bin anyway, as well. Anyway, it's, it's a bit of fun. It, it's raising, raising awareness for a very worthy cause that doesn't, hasn't up to this point had a great deal of awareness and yeah a lot of people wouldn't really know I mean like we I mean, I'm not going to say that we were touched by it but like Simone's boss from about oh, from her last uh, job two jobs ago so it's probably about 10 years ago now the place where she worked with um, you know oh, I just want to play football actually there was that, that job her boss this guy was like you know maybe mid 40s had a family rich <laughs> rich as fuck lived on a canal down the Gold Coast had it all and fucking, he got it, and we watched him go downhill. I mean, and Simone left that job before, may you know, probably after he after he was forced to stop, you know, going into the office. But it's just fucking amazing to see this dude. that's like you know, like a, a fit dude who's in the yeah. army. You yeah. know, like went to Vietnam and everything, lots of money, had everything, and just fucking downhill over a period over you know a Man, period of years. Terrible. So uh, yeah, not good, not good. So uh, get amongst it, and don't be a cat if you get nominated. Yeah, I nominated f- five people, I think. I've had one who manned up and said, "Look, you know, who's a fighter?" And he said, "Look, I'm I'm going to save the ice for my for my fucking sore sore muscles." But and he posted like receipts of his receipt that I sent. That it was fifty dollars to um to Motor Neurone Disease Australia, and his fifty six dollars that I donated to a charity that builds like four wells for a village in like fucking Africa or something as well to save the water. So, you know, Jesus it, fucking cross. So Tuesday, shout shout out to Tuesday. Uh, lives in Adelaide, so doesn't know shit about rugby league. Doesn't listen to this show, but uh, shout out to him for manning up. On the other hand, Doug Doug James, cat cat hundred percent cat. He's uh, he, of course long term listeners of the show. I remember him from uh, one or two guest stints within the first sort of dozen episodes when you were in Kokoda. Yeah. Um, cat dashing Dan. One on Twitter, Daniel Burton, parked on parked on Bradman. Yeah, the Donald Bradman of Park Cricket. He's the he's declined it. He didn't just cut away. He's Don just, Bradman he's, 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 He said he's not going to do it. So, so did he donate money? Uh, I don't know. Not that I'm aware God of. God forbid that can't put his hand in his pocket. And Chapo, listen the only to the time show Dan name. puts his hand in his pocket is to fucking reach through the hole in his pocket and fucking jerk himself off. The last time he reached into his wallet and pulled out a fucking lobster, Jesus had a heart attack from shock. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then 
Jesus was going to do the ice challenge, but uh, yeah, it ended up turning into wine, and one thing led to another. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember who else, but yeah, I, I, I didn't have a I didn't have a fucking great success for the people were nominated. And that's Fuck how his... Jesus's son Abraham was born, if I remember the Bible correctly. <laughs> I, I honestly can't help you. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't even make fun of that because I don't even know if you're right. Um, that underscore rivet. I put. I put this. Uh, this. This tweet in there just to illustrate the different lengths of time people have been listening to the show. He tweeted us a picture of Carl Pilkington, a, a montage, a collage of Carl Pilkington, and said, "Had a look at some of your pictures, and it strikes me that Glenn looks a bit like a fat Carl Pilkington." He did tweet after that and say, "Well, fat's probably not the not not the word I was after, but you know, like bigger than Carl Pilkington." And I was like, "Mate." <laughs> He's been Carl Pilkington for fucking years. I mean, that that, that connection's been long established. I just remember, the- not long after, like, obviously the show had been going a little while and some manly people um, <laughs> had latched onto it. And <laughs> we're standing around with fucking... The- the old mate that put me on his kill list. Yeah. Fairly exclusive list, just me. Yeah. Um, we're standing around having a drink and I'm having a fucking pretty shit time because I'm surrounded by manly cunts. <laughs> And then that was at a pre-game function. One of those manly fuckheads walks up, taps me on the shoulder, said, "Mate, are you Carl Pilkington? And I, and then all this oh, raucous laughter, laughter, <laughs> total uh, stitch up. Yeah, it was a total stitch up. And that was actually that was actually Vidmar, who uh, who in his in his in his real life is actually a, a board member yeah. <laughs> on the football club board. Carl Pilkington, mate. So, uh, no, yeah. mate, I'm fucking not. <laughs> Fuck off. Good bloke too, and that was a hilarious moment too. And it was a clear stitch up too, because there was a bunch of people waiting for him to go up and say it. Yeah. So then when your reaction came out, like there was massive laughter. But uh, yeah, all good, good times, good times had by everyone except me. Yeah, that would have been what like back in like 2011 or something. I would say. I think. Yeah, yeah, about 2011. Arpop. Wankovescence. I was driving home from Rocky today, getting tired eyes. Then I remembered I downloaded the app. You guys woke me up nicely. Cheers. It's funny, there's a mix between, we woke him up nicely, but other people are like, oh, we'll put you on and go to sleep. Yeah. That'll put me to sleep. Yeah, fucking I don't even have anything nasty to yeah. say to Mr. Hannay. I've got nothing nasty to say to any Cowboys no, fans actually, this week. That's, well, that's actually kind of, you know, well thought out and a nice, nice tweet. We saved his life. I mean, you know, you can't be, you, you, you can't be ungrateful. We're fucking you know, heroes is what we are, Nathan. Where's our statues? Rugby league heroes. <laughs> where's our statues outside yeah. Link Park? <laughs> Uh, at Jesse MC21, who I suspect is the younger brother of Timmy McIntyre. Really? Yeah. That's what I suspect. Amazing episode of This Week in League. Keep up the great work, guys. To which Timmy jumped on and said, suck their dick. <laughs> 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 and then, and then, then he's like, no, no. He's like, you know, he's like, no. I said, you know, thanks for supporting. He's like, oh, no, no. Thank you. Best rugby league podcast going around. So, if, yeah. only he was, if only his, his brother was a little bit more like... These brother teams... What's these, his bloke's name? The, <laughs> the, the, the brother, Jesse. The brother, the brother team's hitting, hitting Twitter and hitting the as listeners of the show. Yeah. Sensational. We could almost rank oh. them. I mean, I can think of three off the top of my head and there's probably more. Who? You got the McIntyres, the Valentes. Who else? Drew and uh, Ben. Oh, they don't count. They're sisters. <laughs> twin sisters. Beautiful <laughs> twin sisters. <laughs> Ben Z, this is in relation to the story last week about Sonny Bill Williams and Saguna. Ben Z said, I had no problem talking to SBW in 2011 back in New Zealand. Obviously doesn't like Saguna. Wow. 
you'd matured. 2011, that's what I said. You know, I'd, I'd put it down to the fact that that's you know another couple of years of maturity. Have you seen the rumblings on Twitter? That I was going to get to it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We may, let's, let's address it now. Rumblings on Twitter that, that Saguna's Saguna's story, full of shit. The Saguna stories are made up stories. It's got another it's, one this week, you know. It's a pretty. Uh, that's a fairly serious allegation. Yeah, I would agree. I think Saguna should provide evidence. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I believe his stories. They're too random look, to fucking be made if, up. Yeah, well, true. But, I mean, look, at the end of the day, you'd have to be a decent-sized fuckhead to just make up stories and send them to a rugby league podcast. Yeah. Really? I mean, it's the number one rugby league podcast, though. Well, it is. Don't get me wrong, but you'd still have to be a bit of a fuckhead. And I don't think Sagan is that much of a... I, I think he's a fuckhead. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's that level of fuckhead. Uh, it's Mitchell 180. Oh, right on cue. That Jamie Lyon story is one of the greatest things I've ever heard. Hash gold. I would agree. It was a great story. Highway jumped in as well. Jesus Christ, that Jamie Lyon story was a crack up. <laughs> it, it would be one of the top five stories I think we've we've featured on the show over time. The fucking yellow yeah. submarine story went all right. Yeah, that was a fucking great story too. Don't forget that one, guys. That was this season too, so it's not that distant. Uh, Mickey T1985 came through and said, apparently, we get a definitive ruling. This is the way I'm going to go with it anyway. Apparently, the pronunciation of Metautia is Metautia. That's the, that's right. the way. According to a Newcastle Herald article from 2011. The Perm did his research. Perm's gone to the library, fucking got out the microfish. He didn't and, have uh, to go to the library. He was already there. <laughs> no, he, was, he was at the library doing his other stuff. He, he woke up, yep. rolled out of his sleeping bag, yep. went to the shelf, yep. picked up a book. No, he went to get, get the microfish out. Or microfish with yeah. uh, past issues of the Newcastle Herald. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, the, now, we've got some categories of the feedback here on the merch. We mentioned the sort of things we were thinking about putting in the merch package for next year. Yep. Put it out there for some feedback. Feedback was uh, was great. Uh, Shanta86 um, was talking about, you know, Particularly what about this week in league ankle casts, <laughs> yeah, fucking <laughs> yeah, <like> moon boots. <laughs> but um, off the top of my head, when we we were just talking about, last, I mean, we've been talking about the items we're going to put in there, you know, for a couple of weeks. But when we were speaking about it on the show last week at the end, I was like, oh, how about you know, one side, you know, Twill Nation, the other side, Refs Fold or something like that. Perfect. And he's on, you know, fuck those could be fun holding them up, whinging cunts at the footy. Agreed. Chapo, the creator, said, I don't know if it's too late to make a merch suggestion, but how about this week in league mobile phone covers? That's actually got some merit, but it's. I saw some of the follow-up tweets from that as to how you, yeah, you'd have to get it, X amount of one model. And it is a great amount. idea, yeah. but we'd have to know sort of, we'd have to plan to make X amount of this, X amount of that to set the pricing for it So in advance. And the fact is, you know, You've got iPhone 5s in circulation that's still being used, 4Ss maybe, 5Ss, which I think are probably the same form factor as 5, 6s are coming out in two different sizes. Then you've got the Samsung um, Galaxy S3, S4, S5, which are all used in varying And let's face still. it, people can't get their fucking T-shirt size right. How are they going to mm. go with a phone colour? And, uh, yeah, and Samsung, I mean, let's face it, every... You know, they increase every new phone. They they increase the size of it by about a fucking standard, you know, dish plate, you know, like side <laughs> dish. So the next one's going to be as big as a fucking wall clock, <laughs> or a very large book. Jeez, pick the Apple fanboy. <laughs> hey, do you see? Are you? This wouldn't affect you because you haven't had your one that long, have you? But uh, that one, no, 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 you didn't get it at launch, did you? No. They had a thing saying that um, there's going to be some. That uh, a certain window from September 2012 to January, and certain models within that, yeah. you put your serial number in, and it tells you if you had had like defective batteries, and um, both of ours qualify. So on Friday, I can go down and just uh, swap them out. 
Yeah, well, Nicklin Which has been having problems with her battery and has put, she her, put, it? put her serial number in and didn't qualify. So Unfortunate. Off she trotted this evening to I'm get so the battery. I'm so glad I got mine at launch because that's this kind of that that's the kind of uh, window where where they were. Yeah. And uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, upgrading it in a month anyway. Like next one comes out, but still make it resale better on the other one, I suppose. Um, Mickey T nineteen eighty five said, "Hey guys, have you thought of a hoodie for membership package instead of all the other stuff put together?" Uh, hoodies, hoodies are more expensive. Yeah. Um, it's a good idea. Like, I do like it as an idea. No one loves a hoodie more than me. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing a hoodie right now. So am I. Yeah. Um, and I'll wear a different one tomorrow. Yeah. And probably a different one the day after that. That's my second hoodie today, actually. <laughs> Got a manly one over there, too, that I was wearing yeah. earlier today. It's a hoodie off. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I like a bit of quantity, a bit of variation yeah. in the gear. Yeah. Rather than just getting one thing, you know? Hoodie, hoodie's very viable, you know, perhaps, you know, to think about for the year after. I mean, down the track, I think. It's just a matter of... Should we pitch the other idea about the... What was the other idea? The one that we, I'm yet to have the meeting with the guy about. Oh, yeah, go. Um, we've touched base with uh, ISC to... Uh, Manufacture a what we are calling a supporters jersey, a, super, a superhero jersey, yeah. Yeah, super fuckhead. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it's a lesser known Marvel character. Yeah. It's he's bald and uh, <laughs> swears a lot. No, we've uh, we've contacted them about making a uh, a supporters jersey. So basically, a lot of our fan base or listener base, I should say, is um, fans of rugby league, as well as their their, their respective teams. But they do tend to travel to a lot of games and they don't feature their team they don't feature their teams um you know they're going to q cup games they're going to new south wales cup games nrl games um and all the rest of it and uh we thought rather than be one of those fuckheads that rocks up to a game or to a broncos game in a queensland jersey yeah for example that uh or you know in the case of troy pinder rocks up to a fucking broncos game in a new south wales jersey like a true, true that's trolling though Oh, he's just been a gronk is what he's doing. <laughs> um, obviously, in the, this week in league colours and, uh, you know, with the appropriate badges and stuff like that on them uh, that we could that we could muster up. So, uh, <clears throat> very, very uh, early days yet, but um, we've, we've come up with a couple of little mock designs and they, they, good. they look pretty good so far. So For people who, who, love, who love rugby league jerseys, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're it, leaning towards a chevron. Yeah, it won't be uh, it won't be a, a membership thing. It'll be open to uh, to anyone yep. who wants to purchase them, and, and it'll probably be put to pre-order first. Um, yeah, we'd have when, to do it on a yeah, roll it out. yeah. So exactly. uh, we'd probably need a set tuned. number to we'll, go as well. Uh, we'll put some ideas out there, and and when it's when, when it gets a bit further down the track, we'll probably put it to a bit of a vote as far as the design goes. And yeah, and, I mean, this obviously is all leading in the future to you know us not having to work in eventually fielding a team in the in the NRL. <laughs> The this week in league fuckheads. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's face it, they let the fucking sharks stick around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Canberra can stay in a competition, why not? Dream. Um, Blue underscore Beaver. I went from lukewarm to winner on the scarf idea when the reversible ref's fault design was mentioned. Beanie for the win too. Okay, the other feedback item we had was on children uh, and the teams they support. Unky D said, my son didn't want to support Manly. As a five-year-old, I went Michael Jackson-style dangling him off the balcony till he converted. 
I believe she that's can't. a true story. Shit had loose My son loves animals that eat other animals and showed interest in the West Tigers. I gently nudged him at the sharks instead. Wow. <laughs> we had the other item about about favourite players leaving the club. And um, the special K online said, can you vote in reverse? When Blake Ashford joined the Sharks, it broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> JR underscore buff. In regards to favourite players leaving to other clubs, Ben Kennedy broke my heart when he left Newcastle to go to Manly. I love Ben Kennedy. One of my favourite Manly players ever, even though he's only there for a short time. And I've bought fruit from his uh, grocery place as well. <laughs> Probably a fucking banana. At a, at a sort of Albany Creek. And a couple of cherries. <laughs> I'm Tim McIntyre. Fuck, I hate Manly. Ever since I signed Mick Witt on October 7th, 2004. I remember because it was my unsweet 16th. He picked some shit players. His favourite players. Troy underscore 79. Almost every single favourite player of mine got the ass from the Raiders. Ricky Stewart, Brad Clyde, Steve Walters, Brett Mullins, Todd Carney, Josh Dugan, Noah Nadruku, Ruben Wiki, Brett Mullins, Ben Kennedy, Mark, M- Mark McClendon. Mark McClendon made the list. I was going to say, there's some fucking handy players in that list, but Jesus Christ, Mark McClendon, how did he sneak through? And, you know, history won't look too 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 fondly on Todd Carney, although he did, he did jag a Dalian one time. But... <laughs> I mean, you go from like you know, all, you know, playing level, playing wise. Ricky Stewart, Brad Clyde, Steve Walters. Not oh. so much Steve Walters, but what's wrong with Steve Walters? <laughs> that whole family's fucked. I don't rate him. Wow, that's harsh. Steve Walters wasn't the best in his family, so I think he's kind of diminished a little bit. <sighs> Kieran was better than Steve, right? I didn't even fucking support any any club that these these guys or state that any of these guys played for. But I would have thought that Kerrod Walters would have been better than Steve Walters. Wow, that's that's another fucking debate. Uh, Kevin's off the clear third. Don't worry about him. He's off the table. Kevin's Kevin's ticket was punched that day, that final. I can't even fucking remember what year it was. Someone will remind me, probably a Penrith nerd, when Penrith were playing the Broncos in a finals game and fucking Carter just ripped through fucking Kevin Walters about three times to either set up or score tries Steve in the game. Carter. Like, just like made him look foolish, like one-on-one misses. Um, Handy player, Steve Carr. Shithead listener. Cement Gillespie, my favourite player at the Maggies. I tried to emulate him when I played. Then he went to Manly. Fucking Manly, for fuck's sake. Love Cement, great Manly player. Over on Facebook, Saguna said, about fucking time the Tigers in decline went half price. Get rid of them quick, please. I never want to see that cunt of a shirt ever again. <laughs> to which Glenn says, I agree 100%. <laughs> if it wasn't 50% of the profit, awesome. <laughs> Pretty small profit these days, but uh, if if there wasn't, you know, a couple of cents going in my pocket every time we sold one, I'd really be fucking setting the light. There's some left, but I tell you that that sale went fucking gangbusters. The curved brim hats, uh, one of the sizes in the curved brim hats, is pretty much gone bam, just sold out now. Um, but we've sold some of everything, so it's been yeah, really good. And uh, shout out to everyone who's who's uh, bought for something. Bought Thrifty something. motherfuckers, fucking savvy. Savvy motherfuckers, and uh, and they have uh, and there's a couple of tigers in decline shirts left, but yeah, very there were very few to start with. I think there was like six left, and now there's probably two or three. I would suggest. Um, How the fuck am I supposed to operate when there's no rubbish bin in this oh, room? It's over that way. I, was, I, I emptied sake. it out earlier and just didn't bring it back. If you just had to fucking turn your head, forty-five well, degrees, you should be in the fucking right position when I get here. Jesus Christ, you're a pushy bitch. I want a bowl with blue M&Ms. <laughs> Daniel Bennett said, just a thought to throw out to the listeners. Anybody got any funny parent-sibling stories in regards to players? 
I was friends with Ben Teo growing up, and he gave us a perler. One game back in New Zealand before he moved to Australia, a massive fight erupted in which the opposing team basically all jumped in and gave Ben and his brother Sam a bit of a touch-up, while the rest of their teammates stood back and didn't get involved too much, at which point Teo's father attempted to jump the fence and enter the field to protect his sons. Being New Zealand, there'd been some rain and the grass was a bit wet underfoot, which resulted in the lad's father slipping over whilst jumping the fence and rendered himself incapable of joining the brawl. So from that week on, Tio's dad wore football boots to every game in case a similar situation arose. As you can imagine, all the boys mocked Ben for this and he said the sound of his dad's metal started click-clacking as he walked through the car park and the muffled laughter and strange glares from onlookers will haunt him forever. <laughs> That's a good story. Fucking hilarious. And, uh, and, and Dan also... Uh, mentioned about our you know players leaving the club and he said talking about favorite players leaving your club to play for another my boyhood hero was craig field who left south to play for manly and then the tigers respectively i was young during his heyday i didn't know he had one and didn't realize at the time he was a pretty shithouse human being but at the time was definitely shattered when he left for manly let's face it mid 90s souths were pretty terrible and to lose our best player with not much hope to cling to left left us with not much hope to cling to for the immediate future following um uh, Bennett Humphreys, who's Blue Beaver on Twitter, he said, I know this isn't the greatest player interaction of all time, but it still makes me smile when I think about it. Years ago, before we had kids, the missus and I scored corporate tickets to a Broncos game, mainly because none of the senior managers could be bothered going to watch the Raiders. We had plenty of free drinks, and our host kindly offered us a cab charge voucher for the ride home. We headed to the cab rank around the side of Suncorp, which was packed. Just as we were about to walk past the start of the queue to take our place in the back of the line, two maxi taxis turned up, and a bunch of punters piled in. The next cab drove right down beside us. Normally, I wouldn't consider jumping the queue but I looked at who was next in line none other than master grub Michael Ennis and Brent Tate who were both nursing leg injuries and their partners they were a good 15 metres away and moving at a snail's pace I grabbed my wife's hand opened the cab door and shuffled her in I looked at Ennis and Tate they looked at me and I just said better luck next time boys I did not feel an ounce of guilt swiping in a cab swiping a cab from those two toss pots <laughs> <laughs> fucking players are injured crippled crippled toss pots. Yeah, that's brilliant that's harsh <laughs> and what you were saying before about the uh, Saguna thing uh, you see it here coming from um Unky D's brother, Andy Seags. There's a lot of talk on Twitter that Saguna's stories are made up. Frankly, I don't care if it's true, as the boy can spin quite the yarn. I hope they keep coming. He said, I love the latest set, boys, and I wish I'd listened to Luigi Valente's nagging much earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as we've said, Saguna, it's all good, mate. Josh Unless Hill. you're full of shit, and then, yeah, then in which go, case, then, then, you're dead to me. If I can break your back, make you humble. Josh Hill, for the ga- for the chat regarding kids, mine was fantastic. At my wife's work, they gave her a few Canterbury singlets, which was a bit drastic. I got a few East, East singlets, he's an East fan, and one of those best and less jerseys, 40 bucks just for that and a size double O. Anyway, first up was the nines. We wore the jerseys together and he laughed for the first time watching it. Canterbury played Brisbane next, so the wife put the singlet on and he chucked on it and cried. <laughs> so far I'm winning, but hopefully you'll gradually stay along. As for the as the as for the conversation regarding a certain Maggie's legend, how about a history tidbit? The only French great of our sport, Puig Aubert. He played up in England and would do the following: smoke during games. When he caught the kickoff, he would take the ball in one hand and hold his cigarette in the other. <laughs> Refused to defend. He played fullback and made countless mentions that it was not a fullback's job to tackle. Could Con- turn his back when he conceding the try was a punishment to lazy. It was lazy punishment to lazy teammates. Drunk, he would be a typical Frenchman and drink up to three glasses of red wine during halftime. 
he would leave a handwritten poem behind the opposition try line after scoring tries, sometimes berating them. Even his goal kicking was strange, sometimes even placing the ball flat on the ground. Turn around, walk, turn back and kick without measuring steps. He even did that from the corner post. To show how good the guy was, during the Tour of Australia, papers described him as the only player in history to make Clive Churchill look foolish. Wow. <laughs> Fucking eccentric frog. I need to see a movie on this on this gentleman's life. Like, of all the bullshit things that come out of Hollywood, yeah. how could you not make a fucking story out of that bloke? I mean, how are you going to fucking piss, piss production dollars away on something like The Blind Side when you could make the fucking Puigo Bear story? Fucking poems beyond the troll. <laughs> oh, I mean, he had. How was that? Some of that stuff even possible? Uh, well, Tim I mean, Moulton. I don't think he wrote Tim Moulton can't catch a fucking bomb with two good arms and zero cigarettes in his. Little of Darian, yeah. Wow. Now, uh, Bennett came back and said, on the issue of kids, fo- on the issue of kids following your teens by choice or by brainwashing, my three lads have been force-fed manly and blues from day one, despite being born and raised in Brisbane. The oldest twin boys in our six and a half played their first season in the league this year and regularly watch footy on TV with or without me. The brainwashing worked fine for their manly allegiances, but on the eve of Origin this year, they both told me they go for Queensland because they are born here. I've dreaded this moment, but to be honest, I was somewhat relieved as it would probably save them a lot of hassle at school, and they made the decision on their own, which showed some maturity. I'm pressing them further about why they. Made made this decision, it became clear that Queensland had the, had the success and the most flashy players they liked. Chock and Hayne couldn't compete with DCE, GI, Thurston, Slater, Cronk and Co. One in a row came too late. On the other hand, Manly have had plenty of success in their lifetime and have some players they love to watch like Snake, DCE, Killer, Hiku, Jorge and Foz, just to name a few. But I was still worried about the weight of Broncos talk around the schoolyard would eventually win them over. That was until this weekend when we got to watch a close win by the Titans, capped by a DCE field goal and killer penalty, not to mention the DCE grubber for Foz to score right in front of us, which is part of a winning footy double for one of the boys. Then we got to meet the players in a post-match function for country members. My boys got photos and signatures from all the players and had smiles for days. See Eagles for life now. Moral of the story, if Tigers had some decent players, Glenn's lad wouldn't be a Broncos fan. And he's got hash truth bomb. You're probably not a million miles off off the pace there. Because uh, even as as recently as, sorry, even as recent as this, earlier this season, round two, yep. to be precise, uh, took Jackson down to the, to the Gold Coast to watch the, Tigers play the Titans, and uh, I'm sure everyone remembers quite uh, quite fondly Tedesco carved up. Yeah, that was. Uh, we got home that night. Jackson knee, knee explosion. Sure. Just I'm, I'm telling the story, Nathan. Right, you just, can have your own time to tell your own fucking. I just had to play. I, I, fucking boring story, but I just had to place it. I just I'm, had to place I it have in history, and I will be telling my very interesting tale. So uh, Tedesco carved up. As I said, uh, we get home that night. Jackson, as he does every single fucking day and night and morning and any other fucking time, has a football in the house. Sometimes a little mini one, other times a full-size one. At all times, he's scoring tries. He's carving up. He's commentating throughout the house, up the hallway, through the lounge room, into the kitchen, into the media room, up and down the hallway, into his bedroom, his nan's room. Doesn't give a fuck. That kid is all tries, all day, all over the house. And uh, Teddy, Teddy was starting to sneak into his commentary. As in the guy he beat? No, as in the guy that was scoring tries. Oh, really? Okay. Um, But look, that's that's a long time gone now. When did that rub off? Pretty much after that game? Fucking round five when he got hurt again. (laughs) Okay, so no, it was when he got hurt again. It wasn't just like, you know, he just dropped him again like a week later or something. No, no, no. And then... uh, 
you know, yesterday, got home. Uh, actually, Nicklin uh, was a bit crook, so I um, I worked from home in the afternoon, picked Jackson up from school, got home, put his bag down, grabbed his football, went out the back, grabbed his kick and tee, kicked off a new game. Yep. And uh, Corey Parker, Sam Thorde, Ben Barber, Ben Hannant, fucking Josh McGuire. Picking some shit players there, you know. Oh, Justin Hodges, everyone. It was just all Broncos all day. <laughs> just like shut the door and locked it. <laughs> no hope for that kid. No, no, that's right. Or did I tell you... That, yeah, he's, he does have a little bit of a thing for Jared Hayne. Did I, I didn't tell this story no, last I don't week. Think so. He's got a bit of a thing for Jared Hayne. No, I couldn't have told it last week. And uh, he's obviously uh, watches a hell of a lot of football, and, and he's been watching with a bit of interest that Jared Hayne been playing very well lately. Yeah. And went to some friends' place to uh, to see their new baby on Friday night, and just happened to be sitting down watching the manly. Yeah. And uh, he was watching a bit of Jared Hayne. He was sitting there next to him. And um, he says, Dad, how old's Jared Hayne? I said, Ooh, mate, you put me on the spot. I'd have to say 26, 27, yep. something like that. He goes, oh, 27, eh? Do you think he'll still be playing when I play for the Broncos, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> there is not a fucking ounce of doubt in that kid's head. That's good. It's good, though. <laughs> Just... As long as he can handle the, you know, for the reverse, if he gets, you know, drafted the Bulldogs. Well, that's, that's sort of said to... <laughs> the draft well, will Nicolin, be in place. Nicolin actually said to him... The draft will be in place. She said, mate, what happens... You know, you, you've got your heart set on playing for the Broncos, but what happens if, you know, sometimes when, when you get... You're coming up and you, you might have all the all the skills and all the... Everything that you need to, to play in the NRL, but the Broncos already have someone that's really good in, in your position. Well, if he's a fullback, that's not an issue. <laughs> exactly right. He'll still be running through the stocks of their <laughs> current fullbacks. Um, she said, what happens if, you know, you get picked up by the Cowboys or or the Bulldogs or, you know, Parramatta or, or you know, even the Tigers? He said, well, Mum, it's, it's just like, you know, when you go to your job... You know, it's just your job. You have to go and do your job. I'll still love the Broncos. <laughs> so he's got a lot of Aaron Woods in him, this kid. <laughs> yes. He's going to live a miserable life of Aaron Woods, wishing he was playing for Manly. Been <laughs> like and through and through and just having a manly heart. And then settle it in. <laughs> it's just sad. Now, we've got an email this week from uh, a rap group calling themselves the Knock-Ons. That's uh, K-N-O-C-K-O-N-Z. And uh, they've got a bit of a song that they put together about rugby league, basically. And uh, we'll put a little bit at the end of the show. But if you want to go and check it out, it's uh, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash the knock-ons. T-H-E-K-N-O-C-K-O-N-Z. So if it sounds like your cup of tea, if you like Aussie hip-hop, you'll probably like it because it's... Put um, together quite well. It's good production values and everything like that. I mean, they're not fucking about. And they put a little clip together too, which would have taken a fuckload of time to edit, like, you know, the various highlights and stuff mm. like that from rugby league. Mixed with some other jokes Kudos and related to, to Luke's. So yeah, yeah. So if you're into uh, hip hop and Aussie hip hop, you'll you'll really love it, I think. Um, now, I just got an email from the magician. Not the best, you know who the magician. We call yeah. it, yeah. Not the best story, but came to mind when I first stepped off the boat just after the 2012 grand final. I was heartbroken at the lack of NRL, but my brother-in-law had a copy of the first league game on PS3. Total piece of shit. Well, we had many games to pass the time. 
At the time, he only had the one daughter and her team loyalty has been a bone of contention since day one. Anyway, this particular game, we were looking after her and playing the PS3. He rushed ahead 18-0 as the Dragons and slowly I worked my way back in. At 76 minutes, Asatasi found the chalk and the score was 18-16 and just as Sandow went to nail a conversion, the screen went black. We looked down and my one-year-old niece began clapping and said, she did it. So she's pulled the plug. <laughs> her mother may have put her in rabbit apparel, but I've seen the dragon in her heart. Um, That's fantastic. Mitch Incognito, Mitch Darts, aka it's Mitchell 180, sent us an email. I was calling him Mitch Incognito, so I don't want to throw it, I don't want to ruin his incognito that he's got going on Twitter and no one knows who the fuck he is. On your discussion last week about the international game reunited states, I'm neither for or against it, but with the talk of a rookie draft coming into the NRL, I think this would be a great way to help developing the game both nationally and internationally. The draft could be split into three with a Heartland draft, a national draft, and international draft. Heartland draft would be teams can only select players from New South Wales, Queensland, North Island, New Zealand. National draft, select players from the rest of Australia and South Island of New Zealand. International draft, select one player from a developing, aka USA, Canada, Russia, even France nation. While money and more effort needs to be done by the international body, I do think NRL clubs can do their bit for growing the game. Just the season training and a couple of games in RM Cup would give a player experience, which they could then take back to their competitions. Probably not enough for, like, one player. I like the idea of affiliations. Yeah. You know, tie club, you know. Look, if if fucking NRL clubs can yep. go and tour the facilities and training and, and have... You know seminars, etc., with with NFL and yeah, you know, Major yeah. League Baseball, and yep. you know, then why the fuck can't we affiliate the pinnacle of our sport yep. to up and coming rugby league nations and, mm-hmm. and clubs? You know, yep. um, to share information and and improve the standard all around. I just yep. let them come and train with them for an off season, or you know, surely. They could. Some of the trainers could, you know, yep. devote some time. It's not like they're going to be out of pocket. The club yeah. still pays them, or the NRL still pays them, or whatever. Maybe the NRL has a a a, a division. Yep. You know, of of trainers etc. that are employed by the NRL, not by clubs. Yep. You know, that have NRL experience and get them involved. I reckon they should even scout like NFL players like not NFL level players but like scout training camps because those camps you know they start before the preseason games you know they'll start at you know 90 odd players and then they have mm. to do a cut down to 75 which just happened this last week and then they need to cut down to like 53 by the end you know by the time game one starts around so these guys getting cut you all know the all the time like every week there's guys getting cut and some of these guys that are like fucking tanks that can sprint, you know, forty meters as fast as you know Jared Hayne. They could, they might not make it as a fucking as a running back or something, you know, or a, you know, a lineman or something in the NFL. But it's like such fucking minute little increments that why that guy gets in and why that guy doesn't. Sure. I mean, he can't memorize the playbook as well. Yeah, people like that. Lock forward. Already, already athletic as fuck. Or you know. Yeah. What about some of these guys props? that are fucking yeah six six yeah. six six seven. Second rowers. They're like Cassiano. You get guys over there, they're like Cassianos, except they, they're not fucked they're up. chiseled. Yeah. <laughs> you know. They're not fucked up with injury. The ankles aren't going to blow out, you know, straight away. So, and, obviously... You know, they're obviously going to take time to learn the game, but why yeah. not a season in, in fucking 
Q Cup or reserve grade Q Cup or yeah. you know get them involved at that level and then try and bring them up as far as they're because they're already ability. athletic yeah, yeah exactly exactly so I mean, it's really it's just it's just skills and I mean yeah I mean we've seen in, historically that that doesn't necessarily translate when you look at the way that Izzy went in AFL like yeah fucking hopeless uh, yeah Carmichael Hunt climb went okay you know but I would suggest that rugby league if you're a prop the ball comes to you, you catch the ball and you just fucking run forward. Maybe you do an offload or, yeah. you, you know, there's plenty of props that just tuck it under their wing, barrel forward, get up for a quick play of the ball. Exactly. That's, that's perfect. Ashton that's, Sims made a fucking career of, of only holding onto the ball once every five times. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, exactly. These guys got hands like fucking spider webs. They're not dropping the fucking thing. Yeah, and I mean, like catching the ball's not an issue for them and reflexes are great, that kind mm. of thing. It's just, you know, the only problem for them would be like 80 minute cardio. Like actually doing a fifteen-minute stint, running back and then backpedaling yeah. and running forward and back, you know. But that would come too because, like, as you said, like they're athletic enough as it is. I mean, they they would adapt to another sport. Uh, Lynn Shields sent us an email. Said, "Hi guys, I came to work today faced with having to do a heap of writing. Within minutes, I was struck with the dreaded writer's block. So I did the only obvious thing and listened to this week in league. Well, Jesus. the words started flowing and I finished five newsletters in record time, <laughs> filled with swear words. Yeah, granted, the grammar and language was shit, but at least I were done." <laughs> Thank you this week in league. <laughs> uh, memberships. People who ordered memberships over the last couple of weeks, going off tomorrow. So Wednesday, I'll be posting them. So some of you may get them by Friday. Otherwise, you should get them Monday, Tuesday. No problem at all. There's a couple of international ones in there. But thank you, people who've jumped on again, you know, as we've sort of floated the ideas of the, the meetups and things like that. So um, save the date. We can say for members in Queensland who want to get to Brisbane for the, the meetup or New South... Every member's... Fine to do it if you. Yeah, you're welcome wherever you come from. Uh, it's going to be Saturday, September 13. We just can't do it any. The week before is out for us. The week after is out for Glenn. Um, and it, it works as a good date because that that weekend is the first weekend of finals football, and we get that Saturday double header that sort of starts 5:30 and finishes 9:30. So it's a perfect time to do it. We can all sit around the TV and watch the Tigers run around. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> In bizarro world. In some kind of uh, Reggie's if they play those on television somewhere. <laughs> so we're going to send an email out to members. Members can claim their place for free. Following that, we're going to open it up to uh, to other listeners or you know, in general, if you're a listener and you want to bring your plus ones and things like that, that's fine. And we'll have a, a very affordable ticket price. We're kind of, we have to do the sums yet to see what it's going to, what it's going to cost us, but we're sort of thinking like 10 bucks kind of thing. So... Yeah, best way to get on board still, grab a membership. We still have stock available. Uh, the site will tell you if something's sold out. And uh, get in there and grab them. And can't wait to uh, interact. A few drinks, a little bit of a feed, watch some footy. I mean, there's no better way to do Throw some punches. Oh, <laughs> I'll be throwing punches of love, Nathan. <laughs> of delight when the Tigers win the, some finals game that they don't won't even qualify for I like like where you headed (laughs) news okay the Asada hammer dropped after we released the show last week and uh, players were given... And it was one of those squeaky toy hammers. Yeah. Now, they were, gi- they, were all, they, were, they were given an option. And it was a pretty concrete option, like take it or you run the risk of getting something, you know, legit bad for you. But it was, look, we're going to offer you a one-year ban, 12-month ban, backdated 
to back in November 2012, uh, 2013. And as a result, for players such as the Sharks players, the current Sharks players, with no chance of making the finals, it basically means that it's missed the last couple of games this year. And then they're all good to start on their, you know, pre-season training camp again after on the 1st of November. So uh, all the players... The uh, the the Sharks players, they all, all seven teams, the seventeen, they all took the they all took it in the end eventually. Uh, the the Sharks players, current players, Gallon, Tupo, Wade, Graham, Nathan Gardner, and John Morris, all fell on their swords and accepted. The, I mean, there was, there was a bit of speculation: would Gallon fight it or would he not? Because there was all this talk that you know he wanted to have a couple of boxing fights in the off season and he wanted to you know have his representative games. He would have been picked for Australia for the uh, for the Four Nations, and yeah, and he would have. Made in the vicinity, three hundred grand. Would he? Would he bet the three hundred grand versus potential two years on the sideline? I mean, I don't know what he's on per year, but I would imagine it's significantly more than three hundred grand anyway for sure. a single season. So it, it's 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 a it's a financial penalty, yes, but it's not as bad as it. So could he be. doesn't get to do the boxing now, and he doesn't get to play. Well, you know, I guess it's November. It's pretty short, isn't it? So he may still be able to do the boxing. So that's still like four months between yeah. November and the start of the season. So you know. He, so I'm I'm really of two I'm torn over this whole Asada thing and the way it's washed up. I heard uh the um the head of Asada talking on the radio about it on the weekend and he was sort of saying like this is the situation. We're just gonna talk in facts. They took banned substances. That's a fact. They uh, they admitted to taking banned substances. That's also a fact. And he's gone through and gone, this is this. But we also acknowledge that it is a fact that they were administered. Well, he said, also, it's a fact that players are responsible for the stuff that goes into their body. And he said, that's a fact. That's on the, that's in the code. And then, so that's fine. I agree with that. And that's great. They should be punished based on that. But then he goes, but we recognize that they didn't, you know, that they weren't informed as to what was going in. So that's why we've given them this backdated thing and blah, 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 blah. So you're saying it's a fact that it's their responsibility what goes in their body, but then you say because they didn't know, they get the soft penalty. Exactly. So like, look, I I I agree in terms of like with the players, they got a fucking raw deal as far as being injected by the sure. club, and there was probably there'd probably be penalties in place in their contracts if the club has got some you know prescribed regimen of supplements and and training. If you you know refuse to do it, then there may be some you know you get dropped or you get something you know whatever. So I feel for them on that respect, but then when you look at the code, strictly is what the code's involved with. There's no choice, but you know, okay, you're responsible for what's in your body. So, sorry, too bad, so sad. That's it. I just, you know, for all the excuses, you look at international athletes and um, sprinters is a good one. Everyone's mm-hmm. got a fucking excuse. Oh yeah. Everyone's got a story. Yeah. You know, cyclist um, Alberto Contador said. Yep. He uh, travelled across the border into Spain. I think it was Spain. He was from Spain, wasn't he? Yeah, he was Spanish. Yeah. Um, and he got some contaminated meat. <laughs> he had a steak and it was contaminated and that's why he tested positive for like fucking Decker. horsey go-go juice. Yeah. Uh, no, no, you're a drug cheat. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't give a fuck how it got into your body. Yeah. It was there. Oh, someone tampered with my drink bottle. And that's why I have legs like fucking tree trunks now. And yeah. I'm built like Barry Bonds. Yeah. No, no, you're a drug cheat. Yeah. At the end of the day, you, I, again, I feel for the players. 
I do. That it was a it was a really fucking shitty way of going about their fucking program at the Sharks. Yep. And it was it was unprofessional. Uh, it was it put the players in danger in some cases, um, <clears throat> and certainly didn't have the players' best interests or welfare at heart. Um, so the club ultimately should pay the highest penalty, yep. as far as I'm concerned. But the players took banned substances and are ultimately responsible for what goes into their body. Yep. Any other sport, if it's a two-year ban, they get a fucking two-year ban. Mm-hmm. And apparently, it, there, apparently there are provisions in the code, though, for some discretion on that based on the circumstance. But you don't often see it happen in, you know, athletics no, seems to be banned not. too. It's done. Yeah. People get, uh, people, you know, like, oh, we're waiting for the result of their B sample. How many times have you got a B sample come back? No, I know everything's all right now. Yeah. Never. <laughs> so, um, pretty light penalty, especially when you look at the build up over 18 months. Yep. You know, we had the darkest day in Australian sport and we heard all the politicking and, and all the, Fucking rhetoric and all the bullshit. Yep. And, and ultimately, players like, missed two games. Five, five shark players, a couple of guys that are that are injured at the moment, or yeah, not. Yeah, guys retiring anyway. Like people retiring. Come on. Yeah. Um, Look, I would have been happy if they gave them a six month penalty because of the mitigating factors. As of now, like Ben, that's when it's come mm-hmm. down six months, and that puts them out of you know a couple of months of footy. Yeah, I I just think backdating something when they've already been earning, they've already been yeah. you know playing, participating in the in the sport that they've essentially cheated. Yeah. And they, uh, and they're, they're, it seems it's a soft penalty as far as I'm concerned. And their uh, their counter to that would be to say, oh, but they've had to endure like eighteen months of blah blah. The players live in a fucking cocoon. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, the club shelters them from everything. They get on the bus. Someone tells them where to go. They get off the bus. Someone tells them where to go. It's not like, you know, day to day. They go to training twice a day. Yep. They go to games on, on the weekend. They're sheltered from a lot of the real world. I don't know that they're sitting, lying awake at night about yep. the Asada investigation. I think no. that's a cop-out. Yep. Um, and now, of course, the Sharks have to worry about legal action because now it is like, you know, the wording was like unknowingly and this was administered to us by someone employed by the club. They've uh, they've opened themselves up now and uh, Isaac Gordon, Josh Cordoba and Broderick Wright have already commenced the civil action for damages in the New South Wales District Court. And if the majority of the, the other players that um, have had to face this ban do the same, then... Better sell some apartments. Yeah. Or perhaps a lot of apartments that we mysteriously sold. Maybe 17 of them in the near future. 17 top floor penthouses. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's one possibility, but, you know, to fork out serious uh, damage, (laughs) payments for damages due to the legal action is is, will have a crippling effect on the sharks. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, uh, next... Development or not. Yeah. Next, the Newcastle are in the throes of slashing as much as $2 million from their operating budget for next year following the extravagances of the Nathan Tinkler era. Matt Gidley, the CEO, says Knights players won't bear the brunt of any of the cost-cutting. He didn't want to speculate on an actual savings target. He admitted the focus since the NRL took control of the club after Tinkler relinquished ownership has been to bring costs down significantly. 
I'm not going to put a figure on it, but we've spent the past three or four months getting the business model right and looking very closely at our budgets, Gidley said. There's been a real focus on getting our costs down. That won't impact directly on the players. We'll be spending the salary cap limit, which could be as high as $6.4 million next season if the NRL agrees to roll in marquee player allowances, which is a strong possibility. So night staff across the board have been asked to take pay cuts, but biggest saving, they don't have to renew Wayne Bennett's contract and it was over a million dollars, so bam, you saved half the money. More or less, you know, less less what you're paying, uh, Rick. Rick Stone, yeah. There's also been a conscious effort to employ from within wherever possible, with Rick Stone's coaching staff expected to include only one outsider, former H- Hull KR coach Craig Sandercock. So, Sounds painful. Yeah, Gidley, is, Gidley gets the job of reigning in the costs, and uh, apparently they've blown out to extraordinary levels under Tinkler. And so this is all On to make what? it... Well, this is this is to make the club a, a viable club to lure a potential buyer down the track. You know, when the NRL you know gets them out of it and they're you know, on their way, that's a that's a strange thing because traditionally the Knights before the Tinkler era, the stories would always come back about how they didn't have much money. They they were profitable, but they didn't have much money and they were really low on on basic player welfare sort of services like, mm-hmm. you know, masseurs and recovery stuff and all that sort of thing. So what Tinkle has done, they may say extravagance. I mean, I would say he's brought them into line mm. with other clubs and, you know, maybe he is a, he was a cashed up bogan. So, you know, perhaps he did go over the top with some of the stuff, but I would imagine if they're cutting it all back, I mean, it might put the Knights back. Into, I mean, let's face it. If they're if, cutting what are, these days are essential services as far yeah. as player recovery and welfare um, programs, then... You know that's not a very professional outlook, and it certainly doesn't have a real strong eye on the future. They can't keep Kirk Gillie on the field with the fancy machines that Nathan Tinkler's money afforded. So are they going to go back? And what's the fucking? He's going to have to fucking retire. He'll never get on the field again. <laughs> it always comes back to Kirk Gillie. <laughs> it does. Uh, next, this is um, it, you know, it may be a bit of a non-story, but you know a little bit of controversy came out the other day when uh. Talking about uh, John Sattler, of course. He's just released a new book, his life story. And uh, it's called Glory, Glory. A fucking firewood, in other words. And uh, <laughs> he says that he, he nominates his all-time dream team in this book. And this is obviously manufactured PR to sell sell the book. But he left out Artie Beetson. And then in the book, he assesses Beetson and said that... Uh, I couldn't say Artie, Big Artie wasn't a fine player. As Australia's first Indigenous captain, he more than earned his stripes, but when he was in Sydney competition, he wouldn't go the distance for a forward. He would do great stuff in patches. He had wonderful ball sense and hands, but a lot of other players did the hard work for him. I don't think Artie's in the same league as Bob McCarthy, John Raper, or Ron Coote. They were more consistent team players. His nickname was Half a Game Artie, and that was a pretty fair summation. A lot of people rated him very highly, and by no means was he a bad player, but in his early days, he didn't deserve the raps. In his older years, he was fantastic. He started State of Origin off in 1980 with fire in the belly, so he certainly made an impact, but he was never as consistently involved as a true great. He had wonderful skills when he decided to use them, but didn't deliver as often as he could or should have. It says his passing in 2011 while exercising on the Gold Coast was a real tragedy. We lost a good man too soon. So that's been blown up massively. Nice attempt to fucking save it at the end. It's a fairly scathing assessment. Oh, you know, the half a game, Artie, and that sort of thing. I mean, every paragraph is kind of a little bit of a fucking, you know, jab to the body. And then a big, you know, like over-the-top, like, fucking dude's awesome. He was fucking amazing. But I only played half a game. But wasn't as good as X, Y, Z. I think the history books will speak uh, fairly glowingly of Arthur Beetson, Mm -hmm. as they should. Um, 
look, there's there's players over every generation, I think, that have huge amounts of raps on them, yep. and, and they're always going to have their critics. And uh, I, I don't think Artie Beetson's fucking turning in his grave over John Sattler's assessment of him. No, I would agree. And finally, Brad Murray, former Parramatta playmaker, was a key prosecution witness in the late Ryan Tandy's match-fixing conviction, had his Eels contract paid out directly from a personal police credit union account. The, the case against Kent Tandy and the reason it was successful, it leaned heavily on Murray's police statement, which claimed that that Bulldogs match, Bulldogs versus Cowboys match in 2010, had been set up for North Queensland to open the scoring with a penalty goal. Murray was among dozens of punters who backed the exotic option and found himself in the sights of police when CCTV footage of him placing bets was made public later that year. After a tense meeting with detectives and Neil's officials, he provided the damning statement. He was granted a release from Parramatta when the strain of the saga overwhelmed him a few months later. The club reached an agreement to pay out the balance of his two-year contract. However, by June, Murray was still owed a fucking trifling amount of $2,930 from the club. On June 21, that exact sum was deposited in his St. George bank account under the reference PNRL, as in Parramatta NRL, Final X Grat. It came from a police credit union account and it gives the reference number and everything. So someone's really fucking like throwing some paperwork over to the paper. So Parramatta's former management claim they have no record of that account on their books. I don't know who actually held the account, but to see it was a police credit union account really shocked me, Murray said. So uh, Paul Osborne, a police officer? Well, he 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 was he was a former police officer, wasn't he? So, uh, who then got done for shoplifting in a cruel twist of irony? Yeah, and he had some crazy revelations about uh, his dealings with the police in the lead up to the Tandy trial. He not only gave a police officer in the investigation a lift home from a Sutherland Shire pub after the officer had enjoyed a few drinks, but also dodged court after being subpoenaed to appear in an April 2011 bail variation hearing. Um, <sighs> And then he reneged on his evidence when when John Elias was up for trial as well, because obviously John John Elias apparently allegedly has ties to you know people that obviously Murray didn't want to get fucked up by. Oh, I would imagine that would be the case. Yes, <clears throat> uh, he denied he was pressured to change his testimony by Alliance and did so because he'd been placed under unfair duress to cooperate with the investigation or lose his football career. Um, read between the lines. Read between the lines. I mean, you know. This story never goes. It's never going to go away. <laughs> this so John Elias, if he had a job for Nike, he'd be selling Nike Air Concretes. <laughs> to Murray, yeah. Well, I mean, when this kid's book comes out, it'd be interesting to see what uh, you know what else he has to allege in there because uh, it's an interesting story, and it's not still it still hasn't rested, even though even though the main you know antagonist of the story, Ryan Tandy, been there, convicted, done his time. Passed away. Mm. Sad, sad story. Recaps. Thursday night football. The Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs 30 defeat the West Tigers 10 at ANZ. Under 10,000 was the crowd. And this one was pretty much one-way traffic. Certainly for the first uh, large portion of the game. First 80 minutes. Yeah, the first 80 minutes of the game at least. Uh, the Doggies, 30. They came from tries to uh, Josh Jackson, Corey Thompson, a double to Tim Lafay. Michael Ennis also with a try and Hodkinson, five from five conversions, defeating the Tigers, 10. Tries to Luke Brooks, Aaron Woods, and Corey Patterson, one from two. Which, to be fair, is one goal more than I thought he'd get. 
look, everything except the scoreline went as I expected it to. Uh, Tigers were given a pretty handy fucking touch-up. Um, we had no answer on the edges or uh, certainly within our outside backs. We had two forwards on the wings and another forward in the centres. Um, and it, it got worse from there. We, we had guys chopping and changing. Uh, Blake Austin played a bit of fullback. Hitchcock's played a bit of fullback as well. Um, and oh, it really should have been a lot more from the Bulldogs. Um, certainly in the second half, you know, I think they led 24-0 at half time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the second half, it should have been a lot more about the Bulldogs flexing their finals muscle. Um, but unfortunately, they showed their finals muscle to be somewhat flaccid. And um, they really, I mean, it should have been fucking 188-0. Yeah. It was, it just seemed, this game just seemed to fucking drag on forever. Yep. And maybe because it was so painful for me to watch. But I just, the, the Bulldogs just looked like they were just doing it too easy. Um, and then they only scored 30 points in the game. I yep. just, uh, I, I expected it uh, to be a whole lot worse. Certainly at half time, I thought, oh, this second half is going to be very, very difficult to watch. But um, the, dog, the Tigers did uh, manage to, to put a few points on the board, but they were just hopeless, hopelessly outclassed. And um, I thought that they held their own in Brooks the middle. Brooks scores a good try and fucking Brooks scores a good try and does his hammy. It does his hammy, yeah. Which is, it's, you know, it's. it's bit of story of our season uh, as far as injuries have gone, but um, I thought we actually defended. It's going to sound silly for a team that's been thumped again for the fifth week in succession, but um, I thought we actually defended pretty well in the middle with, with yep. uh, Brooksy, Blair, Robbie, uh, uh, Brooksy, Woodsy, sorry. Um, it, once it got to the edges, though, when you yep. had fucking Lafay and... Uh, on Corey Patterson. Know, yeah, yeah. On, on Corey Patterson and... It just it, it got ugly. Uh, Josh Jackson strolled through untouched, and and it was all downhill from there. So, um, as for the dogs, you know, I think I certainly think that they're a lot better side even than what they showed in this game, even though they won convincingly. Um, I just they just they really just seem to be missing something. I don't really know what it is um, when they're you know they're just on their way out of a a, a pretty handy form slump, and. Um, they're still, you know, big chance of obviously making the eight and and possibly even top four, aren't they? Yeah, the results it's, go, it's, go yeah, results would have to go their way. I mean, because there's a couple of handy teams vying for the, the top four positions, but you know, I think it's mathematically possible. Yeah, they're just they've got all the tools. I just at the moment they're just lacking the confidence, and everything seems a little bit of half a step off the pace. Um, but yep. even having said that, it was more than good enough to beat the Tigers. Mark Hill. Does anyone know the last time Robbie Farris smiled? His pre-game miserable look suggests he knew what was coming. Well, I had a pretty fucking miserable look on my face pre-game too, just quietly. <laughs> Andy underscore Seags. When a West Sydney derby attracts less people than the Tigers-Panthers injury toll, perhaps Thursday night footy is not ideal. Hash, understatement. It was pretty poor. Timmy McIntyre. Glenn needs to stand with the Tigers. Keep fighting the good fight, brother. I always will, but fuck, I just this season can't end fast enough. This is the most dejected, I think, in, in the history of the show. Which is funny because I mean, Tigers in decline was you know hit its fever pitch last year. But yeah, this now year, people just feel sorry for me. I think this year, I think you had like legit, and you know, not not uh, you know not crazy either, but I mean, like hope. Hmm. That, you know, the young kids were going to turn it around, and you, there was going to be an improved showing for the season. But, and then uh, here we are. And here we are. What a load of shit. 
blue underscore beaver. That was simply unwatchable. Someone take the tigers out the back of Leichhardt and make them just look at the flowers. <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns. Wet and sloppy second half, but I'm happy to get a win. Some good signs and errors, but happy to get the two points. And that hashtag can go fuck itself. Cruzy06. Kudos to the diehard West Tigers fans who travel to this game. Tough to watch. Hash respect. Jar TV. Next year, the NRL will do away with the current ladder system. Teams will be ranked on points scored against the Tigers. <laughs> you guys are fuckhead. <laughs> and then he sends me, oh, would you like to catch up for a coffee? Yeah, I would. And then I'd like to stab you in the face with a fork. <laughs> Friday Night Football, match the round. Parramatta Eels 22 to feed the mighty Manly Sea Eagles 12. Uh, good crowd, just shy of 18,000. Uh, Pertex drawing them back. And uh, Parramatta Eels 22 came from tries to Ken Edwards, Semi Radradra, Hopper Jr. and Vai Totai. Sandow, three from four conversions. Manly tries to Jorge Tofua and Hiku. Line, one from two conversions and a penalty. Interesting you say that about the Eels crowds. Even though they've won two wooden spoons in a row. Well, I don't know. They won't like, haven't been getting fucking 7,000 like the Tigers. No, no, no never, never that bad. But, I mean, they weren't great either. No. Like, this year has brought them back. As, you know, as it should. As you'd expect. Well, except for Penrith. I mean, Penrith, you know, delivering a winning team this year too. And, you know, they're only getting fucking 9,000. But They've got caster steel, man. They got no That's time true. for fucking football. They got Dole to work work for. <laughs> they got forty jobs to apply for. The Woodstocks to drink. <laughs> Thought the Eels were very impressive when they when they were on a roll. Uh, they uh, went behind twelve nil and it looked like Manly were doing it pretty easy. Uh, the second half came out and I, I think Manly probably rude rude the, the, the half time. They they came out and Parag. Started well, they, they got over the advantage line and and Sandow kicked well, uh, as did Hayne. They started to put a little bit of pressure on Manly, and that once they scored that first try, they they really. Took well, it was probably the second. The, probably the second one. I mean, they got they, obviously they had a lot of luck there, but once that that sort of got them up, yeah, up for it, and then that was that was it. And I mean, yeah. it's like the first half it was two game of two halves. Manly were pissing it so easy in the first half, mm. and it's the same for Parramatta in the second half. Yeah, I, I think. Possibly the most impressive sign for the Eels, but also the most dangerous sign for other teams is that Hayne was was really more so a role player. It was fairly he threw a couple of good passes. Yeah, it was but, fairly quiet game overall for him. Um, Certainly wasn't one of these you know these street games that you know we've been speaking Superman, about lately. Superhuman, none of that. Still though, they do suck his balls. I mean, when any time they what any time he's that guy. He's a Burgess. He's a Benji. He's a. It's like it's exactly like you say though. When they score a try and he and he might throw the fourth last pass, then it's actually yeah. been put on by like the Goyce and someone else. Yeah, and no fucking, it's all three tackles yeah, previous. Hayne. Yeah, yeah. Jared Hayne stood behind, not touching the ball, but telling people where to run. And by no means was he poor in this game. No, he, no, no. He, no, he, I don't, he was, I don't he was all right. Like, he, but he he wasn't. It, he it had wasn't, some quality touches, as you'd expect a guy of that quality. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't a three point superhuman game. Yeah, um, I just think. When they got on a roll and, and Manly couldn't stop them, the other teams in the NRL had to be looking at that going, fuck, I hope they don't get on a roll against us. Because if Manly can't stop them, yeah. if Manly, Manly tried all the Manly tactics, they tried to muscle up, they tried really quick line speed, they tried to fucking really rough and tumble them out of the game, they tried holding them down, they tried everything to stop that flow and they couldn't do it. And if Manly can't do it, then... If Parra get on a roll against anyone, 
that team's fucked. Yeah, I'd go so far as to say that that one might have been like, you know, 30 minutes of football. That might have been like, you know, almost the best 30 minutes of football put together by a team this year. Close to, really. I mean, because this, this was, this was a, a game played between, you know, two good sides. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, a, a flogging where like you know a top side's playing like you know the sharks or something. Sure. I mean, obviously it's easy to look impressive when you're playing against Spastics, but this is like you know two you know two teams like I mean Parramatta clearly were the team that needed it more and you know played accordingly in the second half. Yep. I mean they needed this. If they lost this game, they were out of finals contention. So I mean the stakes were very very high for them, and they rose. But they rose to the challenge. That and they don't really underestimate the Eels fan base getting them fucking home in a tight game, mm. especially. They'll go to they'll go to the Sydney Football Stadium. They'll go to ANZ. They yep. will travel. Yep. And they'll make a fucking lot of noise because you know what? If if the power make the eight and they've won two consecutive wooden spoons, those motherfuckers have got something to shout about. That's a successful we'll put it this way, not getting a wooden spoon is a successful season. This is a fucking astronomically successful Absolutely. at this point if they can make the finals. And you know, it's it's that whole momentum thing. If if teams might be able to go 80 minutes and Parramatta can't get that hold on the momentum and the other team wins, and, and all credit to them. Yep. And and teams like South could just bash them early on yep. and, and give them no chance of, of starting uh, to make a run and yep. Parramatta look like they don't have a hope in the game. Yep. It's just... It just takes that one little spark to get them going. Yeah. A little Sando, Sando effort or, you know, a poorly, poorly run or a Rad Radra try or, or yep. Hayne to do something that he does. Yep. And then it fucking, all of a sudden you're dealing with a fire that you can't control, yep. contain. Yeah, because essentially, I mean, like, as the first half showed that Parramatta, especially their forwards, are essentially a lazy fucking team. Like, a terribly fucking lazy team. As, a def- as their default setting. They need something to happen to spark them. And in the first half, their best moments were when they got a piggyback penalty and the only time their forwards would actually fucking fire up and charge was when they were starting their set 30 metres out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when it came to actually rucking it out from 10 metres out from their own line, they were fucking hopeless. And that's why I, I thought, having watched the game, I, I didn't really question um, Arthur's choice to, to leave Fui out of the site. No, he's got but, a couple more Fuis in there now from but, the bit. Yeah, but watching that game, you know, Fuis to- runs at any stage of the game, yep. you know, it could be that spark. So I hope he knows what he's doing um, because, you know, Fuis still got some football left yeah, in him. Yeah, the thing is they didn't they didn't make many handling errors and like Fuis, he's yeah. always good for a lot of those. He can make it. Um, yeah, I just, uh, it's... It could amount to nothing because they need they yeah. need a spark. But if if they get a spark and they start, they're fucking hard to stop. Monkey D. Every time a team beats Manly, they carry on like they've won the comp. Love the chest thumping. Manly suck, by the way. Hash rise for Manly. Oh, I don't begrudge Eels fan fucking going over the top. Good luck to them. Fucking two wooden spoons in a row. <laughs> As a Western Suburbs magpies, fucking tragic. You feel a kinship with them. Yeah, oh, look, I can relate to wooden spoons. Soulsy 04. Nate fully expected Manly to drop a game before the semis. Hash Nate's fault. <laughs> I didn't think it'd be that one though. Let's be real. Earthboy seventy five. Manly players had hands like flippers in the second half, didn't they? Hash no fucking canter. I'm not sure what that hashtag means, but um, yeah, I would agree. Especially people like Watmo and uh, Starling, I believe it was. Fuck me, drunk. 
big unit Dave. Not, just we haven't mentioned Watmo and the, the whole you're fucking negotiating for you know 2030 or whenever the fuck he's going to be able to leave. Oh, it's 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 no, it's not. I mean, yeah, basically he's, he's negotiating for for 16, 17. Yeah, yeah, but he's not negotiating either. He what he's doing is he's he's being allowed to say, look. I'm available early. Yeah. We can start negotiating a year early, and to see what it's worth because he's on 950 grand this year, and he's not going to fucking get that kind of money anywhere else. No. But so he's going to see what other clubs can come up with. Hmm. But let's, another let's, year down the track. That's right. Next. That's not for next season. It just yeah. seems very strange. I just, my biggest thing with what mate is that you see some players, and we, and we make the joke about players that leave the Melbourne Storm. Yep. And they're never the same player. Yep. Anthony Watmo is Anthony Watmo because of Manly. Yep. And he's done a lot for the club and he's and he's a favourite son and and rightfully so. Yeah. He's played some terrific football for Becoming Manly. Becoming less so with his fucking attitude lately, let me tell you. I, I get so. I get I get that. But he's not gonna be he's gonna lose all of that fucking aura. Yep. He's not gonna have that. And when he pulls on that Manly jersey and when he runs out with all those other players, yeah. he's a piece to the puzzle and an important piece. Yeah. But it's it's the the aura that he gets and the confidence and the attitude that he gets from playing for Manly yeah. that makes him the player he is. Yeah. He's not going to have that because when he pulls on a, a Parramatta jersey yeah. or a fucking Canberra jersey or, or wherever, jersey he might, or wherever. wherever he might well, end up. I don't up. think Canberra could really have put a forward in there, to be honest, but yeah. yeah. But wherever he might end up, He's going to be a 30, you know, by 2016, 32-year-old yeah, yeah. second rower yep. that's not... Torn bicep. He's not a prime athletic specimen. He's not yep. a, a, you know, yep. like a, a huge guy. Yep. He, he gets there from grit and grunt and, yep. you know, trying to... Like centre of gravity. A little bit work. of a niggle. Yeah. niggle and, and don't get me wrong, I, I love him as a player. I think yep. he's a great player and he's ca- certainly carved the fucking Tigers up on numerous occasions to give me that opinion. I just I'm concerned that he's doing himself, he's doing his his career and his legacy uh, a disservice if if he was to leave Manly. I just think, I think he, this, he's never going to be the same player anywhere else. I think his attitude problem has already done a massive disservice to his legacy. But you know, maybe he can come back from that. We've spoken about his loyalty, um, and and he obviously has an over overriding loyalty to his mates. Yep. Then to the club. Yep. And I think that's probably the cards that have been shown from mm-hmm. his hand. Exactly. Anyway, we got off track there, but I just wanted to touch on it. And the thing, the thing is, as well, I think what's going to happen, I think you'll end up staying at Manly for the two years after well, that. So do I. And the reason why... Because I think he knows. The reason why is the answer is he's going to ask the question, how much am I worth out there to other clubs that aren't Manly? And I think he's not going to like the answer that he mm. gets too much. The only people who are really in the position Canberra. to have a slot for him to can pay overs is Canberra. The doggies probably could if he was a fullback, but he's not. Yeah. They've got a fucking pack to be, you know, they've got a great pack as it is. They don't need At the end of the day, in. he's not going to get a run. You're going to get 10 years out of Finucan and Jackson and those sort of guys. Yep. And they're the new breed. Yep. You, to get two years out of Watmo and, and leave those guys out yep. of out of game time. And, Let's and be real. It's uh, something that Des would probably do. But I don't think it's a smart move at any point. Yeah, it's not sure. a smart play. Agreed. A big unit, Dave. Once again, we upset the stars. Hash minor premiership in decline. Go you good things. Uh, 24 hours is a long time though, isn't it? <laughs> Blue underscore Beaver. Sandow, that excited during a club match. I wonder how he'd carry on in a big finals match. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> Ash also rants. And Tiger underscore Benji. In fairness to Manly, no one would have beaten Parra tonight. But don't worry, this Parra surge dies out late September. 
Broncos, 48, defeat the Newcastle Knights, 6, up at Suncorp, 22,000, which is a pretty shit crowd, you know, comparatively speaking. Fuck me, it was a shit day on Saturday. Yeah. The weather was, oh, that's right. it was fucking it was, appalling it was funny how we went, all day. We went to have this appalling fucking weather, like, all the way through till Thursday, yeah. and there wasn't a cloud in the sky today, sure. so yeah. fuck you, Bureau of Meteorology. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about, you dumb cunts. We, um, I was I was planning to take Jackson, but he was only a week removed from being so sick he, he couldn't play footy yeah. Yeah. and he's still he's still got a cough from hell and any time Jackson has a cough it's it's not it's, danger of it's only, yeah, asthma it's, it's and hospitalisation hop skip and a jump to, to asthma and an ambulance ride so yeah. we generally err very much on the side of caution with with the cough and uh, he had a cough that would fucking make it make a fucking dog cringe yeah. so we uh, we kept him home and you know, through the game, certainly as as we're walking through the tunnel to like our bay towards our seats, um, we looked out and it was fucking pissing down. Yep. And by the time we, we sort of stopped and we were putting the ponchos on, funny story, Troy works for Woolworths, has a bit of a sta- stock of uh, ponchos, yep. grabs one on his way out the door, kids, kid size. <laughs> did he's you get got, that one? Huh? Did you get that no, one? No, I had my own. Oh, okay. And um, he puts it on. He's like, put it on. And he's, he seemed sort of struggling. And I thought, like, anyway, so I fucking got my food. By the time we sort of got down to our seats, the rain had eased a bit. Yeah. Um, and then by kickoff, it, it had sort of died right down. And he, he's sitting there. He's like, what? He's had a bit of a look at the pack. He's like, oh. Fucking kids. Got a fucking kid's poncho on. It's like barely covered his ass. And I was like, this is hilarious. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, Broncos 48 points came from tries to Vito. Matt Gillett, double to Jack Reed. Lachlan Miranda, hat trick to Barber. Corey O's with a try. Corey Parker, four from five conversions. Ben Hunt, two from four. The Knights, a try to Corbin Sims and a conversion to Kirk Gidley. The end. It's that time of the season where teams on the road get behind and just fucking flat out give up yeah. <laughs> they sort of throw it away like they're getting draft picks for it <laughs> <laughs> this is it, it, it was exactly that it was a real tank from the Knights um, and on top of that I think Brisbane chanced their arm a fair bit and, and yep. their passes were sticking certainly in those conditions that was um, that was pretty impressive because there was times during that first half where it, the ball was like a cake of soap yeah and the, the Knights dropped plenty. The Broncos dropped their share as well. But look, once once the second half rolled around, it was it was party central for the Broncos. They uh, they really could do no wrong. There was you know guys slipping balls and you know kicks going you know falling into the right hands and yep. and there wasn't a great deal the Knights could do about it. They missed plenty of tackles and 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 gave away penalties. And uh, and dropped plenty of ball, so it was all the writing was on the wall. And then the Broncos, on top of that, played some pretty good footy in the conditions. Um, and as a result, you get a scoreline like that. So um, just on Ben Barber, obviously had a hat trick, and was probably his best game as a Bronco. I just wonder if that's enough to change his future at the club. There are rumours that he's he's been told that his services probably aren't going to be required under Bennett, and I, I think he's. Playing the way he's playing at the moment probably reflects that there is a, an element of truth in those rumours, and he's trying to play for his future. So um, he can't do much more than have games like that. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, yeah, it gives the Broncos hope for the future, but then they got fucking the, the Knights coaches coming up to coach them too, so does that mean they're going to coach all that out of them or what? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but you know, good for the Broncos fans at the end of the season to throw a few, you know, throw some things around, you know, even though they're not going to make the finals. Mup 23. Well, the Bronies have a lot to look forward to with Uncle Wayne. Some would say... Broncos that, can still make the eight, right? Oh, are they mathematical at this point? Surely they're, I think they're as much a chance Param- as Parramatta. Param- no, Parramatta, I, I thought Parramatta winning fucked them. But then maybe maybe East beating the Warriors might have d- given them a, 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 the open the door ajar for I think you're being a troll. Oh, no, no. Okay. no. Yeah, so Parramatta is two, two points ahead. So. No, I remember, Parramatta, I remember when Parramatta beat me, it was if like... if Parramatta lose a game and the Broncos win all theirs, then Parramatta's... Differential is pretty shit. Yeah, but who, who's playing who though? I mean, is that is that a possibility? Is you know what I mean? There's. Look, but you're yeah, asking diff- questions that I can't answer. But. Yeah, yeah. Look, we'll go through the finals calculator, you know, later on. Yeah, after we record the show, and we'll see what we come up with. Now, uh, that was it. It's funny when the Broncos don't play on Friday nights. The tweets go <laughs> right down. Uh, the North Queensland Cowboys defeated the South Sydney Rabbitohs. 22 points to 10 at ANZ, away from home for the Cowboys. Crowd of 17,000, not too bad. And uh, the points came as follows. Cowboys 22, Jason Tamalolo, a double to Felt and a try to Antonio Winterstein. Thurston, two from four conversions and a penalty. The Rabbitohs 10 came from tries to Joe Picker and Alex Johnson. And uh, Adam Reynolds, one conversion. And uh, Isaac Luke missed with his only attempt. And that was after Reynolds, of course, uh, presumably did his hammy, but, uh, you know, scans come back okay. Yeah, it didn't look good. No. And uh, I, I think it probably sent a chill through every South fan because we remember the last time Reynolds got hurt in a big game. Yeah. Um, the the, the Rabbitohs certainly folded. His hammies don't quite last till September. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of haters out uh, for South after this game and I, I, I get that. I get that people want to fucking chop them down and, and we've spoken about it before but I think they could probably chill it was pretty clear South were off and, and the Cowboys uh, are still trying to convince everyone there in the NRL they they're, are contenders but and they played some good footy JT put on a bit of a show um, some yeah. of the things he was doing out there that try for Felt in the corner where he he dummied inside he dummied to fucking three different decoy runners and then slipped the ball while no one was looking to felt who ran over pretty yeah. well untouched. You know, all within the space of 10 metres. <laughs> it's yeah. a pretty impressive effort. Um, I, I just... Oh, Does anyone who falls for a dummy from Thurston at this stage Yeah, just he, hasn't been training? No, well, <laughs> plenty, plenty of good defenders do it. Oh, It's just, I mean... I don't know the statistics on it. I'm sure someone can enlighten us, but it feels like to me that he dummies at least two out of every three times he has the ball in there. Absolutely. Um, so just Jay- pound him no matter what. You know, yeah, yeah. Just, just pound it. him you no matter just, what he does. But it's a psychological hurdle you've got mm. to get over and mm. you think you're going to be a star. And Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And he gets you. He gets you every time. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know that South, this means South have, uh, have you know, hit a wall or anything like that. They they hit a pretty good opposition in this game and they're a, a bit off their game. Certainly in the first half, they, they really couldn't put much together. And their forwards couldn't get any real momentum through the Cowboys who defended quite well um, and gave JT the field position and and uh, and possession that he needs to, to, to build pressure on the opposition. So um, I think that's pretty much the story of the game. I don't know that it's, it's, it's a death knell for South. They can... 
just pick themselves up and, and move on if they if they continue playing like that over the next couple of weeks then I'd have some serious concerns but I'm prepared to give them the benefit of the doubt for this game uh, JT in this mood I think he can pretty well single-handedly take the Cowboys all the way to the grand final but they can't win it without him having a Robin he needs yeah. um, you know I shudder to think that man will be Robert Louis but uh, it could be Morgan. It could be anyone on any given day, but he can't. We've seen it with Jared Hayne in the past. He got him all the way to the grand final, and then he was shut down, and there was no one to pick up the slack. So I think that's the danger for the Cowboys. Um, everyone's prepared to ride the wave, and JT's that good. He can get him there. Um, but waves have a have a habit of crashing, and if there's no one else around, and it can't be Matt Scott, and it can't be Tarek Sims. And you get a referee that throws like a seven tackle or something in there that just you know that makes the <laughs> wave fucking the, or... the wakes the wakes the makes the wave fucking crazy, yeah. And just go and just lose it. Yeah, and, that, and that's it. If you can frustrate JT, then and there's no one else willing to pick the slack up. Game over. Yep. At the end of the day. Yep. And really frustrating JT isn't a matter of just you know having to frustrate JT. It's beat the cow be beating the Cowboys in a high pressure game with ten minutes to go, and the rest of just happened automatically. <laughs> because when he's when he feels it slipping away, yeah, and it's a game that actually matters, that's when he starts going fucking you know berserk. He is crazy. All right, um, Unky D, eBay crashed for several minutes last night as thousands of South fans listed grand final tickets and 2014 Premiership t-shirts for sale. This is what I'm talking about. Mup 23. It's it's a big rebellion against Channel Nine's you know fabricated love affair for for the Rabbitohs. Mup 23. Louis Karma not taking effect. I wonder what dark secrets Sars are keeping. Ash, <laughs> kick him out. Uh, Mitch Doyle, zero eight. Rabbitohs felt up. Cop massive dicking from Thurston and Co. Hash, real talk headline. Jesus. Ah, pop. Shh. You're welcome, Manly. Hash, South shouldn't be in the comp. <laughs> Pretty much my tweet of the year at this point. So you are that supports a team containing Robert Louis. Fucking give me a break. Yeah, how dare you, sir. <laughs> Would you rather see Robert Louis or a South player hoist the Premiership oh, trophy? Oh, fuck. This come back to the old AIDS versus cancer thing, doesn't it? Well, actually, no, it's not AIDS versus I cancer. Because, I mean, Magic South... Johnson's proven that AIDS is, AIDS is, you know, you can live with it all, you know, at least, you know. If you're a fucking billionaire. Defend um, it, yeah. I would rather see South win 10 Premierships in a fucking row than Robert Louis ever win oh, one. See, this is the, th- the thing is, it, they would both really fucking hurt. And I just don't want to put myself in that position. Me one little bit. Oh, it hurt me a lot. Like, yeah. Oh, let's let's flip side. Would you rather see <laughs> Robert Louis banned for life or South kicked out of the comp again? And I'd have to say, I'd probably prefer to see South kicked out. <laughs> That's a disgrace. I'd rather see Robert Louis banned for life from ever being considered a human being. <laughs> uh, where are we? Uh, never underscore trendy 82. He's tweeted this to Wide World of Sports and Channel 9 and Triple M. <laughs> he said, by Channel 9, Wide World of Sports and Triple M logic, does this make the Cowboys favourites for the Premiership and unbeatable? Hash fucktards. Mitch Doyle, 08. Who knew Reynolds' heart was located on the back of his leg, given out on two big occasions now? Hash pee-hearted bunny. You can't call him a pee-hard because his hamstring's gone. Fuck me dead. Well, look... I'm not, oh, I'm, well. not, I'm not saying anything about I'm not saying anything about his, about his hamstrings, but I just want to say that, that game nothing was going right for South at all. They could no. not get it together. 
Reynolds leaves the game with a hamstring injury. Scans come back. Nothing he's playing again next week. <laughs> so maybe it did come down to a heartily issue. Just, I'm just putting it out You're there a as a possibility. Person. Sydney Roosters, 46, defeated the New Zealand Warriors, 12 at Mount Smart. Just shy of 20,000. Good crowd for the Cuzzies. Aiden Guerra, double to Michael Jennings. Sean Kenny Dow, Anthony Minicello, Sam Moa, Isaac Liu and Boyd Cordner with the tries. Maloney, 7 from 8 conversions. Defeating the Warriors, 12. Tries to Sam Tompkins, Lau Mappe and a, two goals from two attempts to uh, Sean Johnson. I don't know if taper up is a word. And I'm pretty sure it's not. But Robinson might be the best taperer in the game. Even better than fucking Tuvi, Hasler, <laughs> Donny Singe, all of them. Uh, it was only not a month ago where people were questioning the Roosters and their credentials and whether they were the same side and they weren't going to be able to recapture that 2013 form which led them to the Premiership. And here we are, but a few weeks later, where they're just they're looking every bit that team, um, two weeks out from the finals, perfect, perfect preparation and perfect uh, build towards the big games. And, um, you know, for a guy that is only coaching his second season. Yep. Pretty fucking impressive guy. I, I've, Yeah. I didn't expect it when they announced him as coach. So I was like, who? They still got a stacked side. Let's be real. Absolutely. And... You know, I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily like a time. But they've had thing, a stacked side all year. Why? Yeah, that's right. Why are they playing like that now? Well, you know, it, they definitely they got they got one of the the real rocks performances from the Warriors, which they haven't tended to reproduce. They've reproduced them at home, at stadiums other than Mount Smart this year, but they haven't so much produced it, you know, at Mount Smart. Although I think they lose to the Sharks, at, at Mount Smart. I mean, the Warriors have been in. I'm like, do I want to say terrible form? Pretty bad form. Like, I think they've won like two out of their last five games. One of those was against Canberra, and maybe one was against the Sharks. Yeah, like, I think the know, Warriors probably. I think they they've turned gone back into rocks mode. And it's a time where they, you know, this is a time of year where the Warriors normally shine. They're normally that side making that run at the mm-hmm. late stage of the season, maybe just miss the eight or just scrape in, and yep. and then you know become quite considerable nuisance value. Um, but for the Roosters, not a bad performer across the seventeen. Uh, you know, I've just given Robinson a, a rap for being a, for having them tapering uh, at the right time of the season. I think they're they're not all the way back to their best. So um, I think I expect to see more improvement over the next two weeks and and have them primed ready for the final series. They got a game against South coming up. I think it's the last the round. Last round. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I guess that'll be a bit of a tester for both of them. Sure. Ryan Finance, that East performance was vintage 2013, saving the best for last, and now I'm excited for the next two weeks' challenges. Warriors suck balls. Lesson here, New Zealand Warriors may be rewarding coaches and players for post-season results, not just four games in April and May. Hash ripped off. Arpops, how bad are the Warriors going at the moment? You'd swear Elliot was still coaching them. Hash not interested. And the glow has really worn off from the change in guard there. The Canberra Raiders, Spoonapalooza. Da, 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 da. Well, Spoonapalooza won. We've got a couple coming up this week. Oh, this Sorry, the next couple of weeks. Canberra Raiders, 22, defeated Cronulla Sharks, 12 at the tip at Remondis. Just shy of 13,500 people in attendance, which is probably not a bad crowd considering the absolute shitness of both both sides involved. The Raiders, 22, tries to Matt McElrick. Uh, McElroy, sorry, and Jared Croker, Anthony Milford with a double, as he does. Jared Croker, three from four conversions. The Sharkies, 12 points, came from tries to Fecky and Robinson. And uh, Michael Gordon, two from two conversions. 
some, uh, you know, the Cup of Feces Tri-Series saw its first match-up and it went as expected. Yeah, but, you know, I'm look, look, I don't, I, far be it from me to be a guy that gives Ricky Stewart a rap as a coach. But, I will say this, he's a fucking terrible coach because he started fucking old mate McCrone. McCrone. But around about 36 minutes into the game when he's hooked him... He went, that's right, McCrone can't play. He's hooked McCrone, and then, what do you know? Corndog. Throws on Cornish, and the game fucking turns because the Sharkies were on top. Absolutely. And McCrone was having one of the biggest fucking barries you'll ever see. Vintage McCrone performance. That's like fucking Justin Hodges' origin debut shit. Right like there. I mean, like, poor carriage. <laughs> I mean, it was in the pants. It was that bad. It was, it was that bad. But 36 minutes in, or thereabouts, you know, just before half time, throws Cornish in, and the game completely turned around. I mean, that first half was a cripple fight. Look, I think, I think the only thing really to mention in this game is, is Milford and Cornish. It's <laughs> the only real positives. Yep. Um, and I'll turn that into a negative right now and say that Milford's not going to be next year either. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I thought Milford was was untouchable there in patches in the second half, and and Cornish really, uh, you know, steered them around well and 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 got the ball to Milford, which is key um, when he's in that kind of mood. So, uh, Cronulla really, especially once the game started to slip away, they had zero answers and and lost interest fairly quickly. Yeah, and uh, you know, congratulations to the Canberra fans for you know getting something out of it, and uh, getting themselves a little bit further away from that uh, unenviable spoon. But oh, Ricky, bad Ricky, terrible Ricky for starting McCrone. But I think maybe, and I haven't looked at the team list for this week yet. I'll look at them when we come up to the next section. But fuck, if Cornish isn't starting there and McCrone's hooked completely, or you know, worst case scenario, Benchy. Yeah. Okay, uh, Luke Shark 74 There's always next year, said every Sharks fan ever. Hash, can't believe we saved Sticky's ass. It's funny that you think of like the lack of a spoon is just enough yeah. to, to, to save someone's ass. I mean, he's locked in for so much money over so many years that nothing could shift him this season anyway. It's crazy. Troy underscore 79. We are specials for the spoon next year. Can't see he's scoring any points without Milford. Fuck you, Broncos, you fucking cunts. Wow. Passionate. Beer Boy 182. Champions of Spoonapalooza 2014. Thanks, Ricky. Hopefully Asada doesn't take the wooden spoon from us too. And <laughs> he sent us a picture with a wooden spoon in his mouth. A fridge too far. Cronulla looking to put something in that trophy cabinet. Hash. Too many Sharks fans to tag. Todd H. 1987. After the second half, surely the Canberra Raiders will put Cornish as starting halfback and McCrone on the bench. I would, I would hope that so. McCrone would be playing for Mounties with Cats here. Was Katsu hasn't he hasn't got dropped down to the Mounties yet, has he? Or has he? I thought he played okay. Regis yeah. last week. Yeah, that's what I thought too. That's a, have we spoken about that situation? It's oh, pretty fucking sad. Uh, yeah, like, we haven't really touched on it other than the fact that no, I don't think we've touched on it. I don't all. think we've touched on it at all. I mean, the the gist of the story is he he got an offer from uh, an English Super League club for not massive amounts of money. I think it was like three hundred grand a year or something like that. Uh, for a two-year deal, he went to the Canberra and said, "Look, you know, can I take it?" They declined on the on on the 
fact that I think he's on half a million a year with them, and the short they would have had to pay the shortfall, so two hundred grand a year. Yeah. So they declined it. So he's lost that opportunity because the club wouldn't let him do it, and now they go, well, you're not now plans for first grade anymore. You know, down to the mounties you go. See you later. So they're going to be paying him half a million a year to pay for fucking play for mounties for two years. Yet they could have just you know eight two hundred grand a year. He could have had the send off he wanted. And uh, for a guy that he doesn't make financial or emotional fucking sense in any way. I know that the clubs stood by the bloke through some pretty fucking horrible injuries, um, which have crippled his career. Pardon the pun, but uh, yeah, that's for for a great clubman. Yep, and a guy that you know has had a hand in in whatever success the Raiders have had during his tenure there. Yep, uh, it's. You know, it's rugby league's a business, and it's decisions like that which which ultimately fucking ram that point home. <laughs> exactly. And uh, last tweet on the subject: Jar TV fine form this week with the tweets from Jared. This game is like trying to watch two ga- two guys on GHB try and fuck a porcupine. Oh. <laughs> I can't even. I, Oh, I don't even know how to conjure up a metal picture for that. To be honest, well, watch this game. Seemed, Apparently, just, you'd be able to get it. Well, this is the thing. I didn't. I didn't quite get that from it. I would just go, yeah, okay, cripple fight, something like that. Especially the first half. The first half was dreadful. I mean, we got to see some tries in the second half, so it was all good. But yeah, St George Illawarra Dragons thirty-four to feed the Gold Coast Titans six, under ten thousand in attendance, and the Dragons at thirty-four points came from tries to Benchy, Brett Morris, Jason Nightingale, Josh Dugan. Jared Veal, Joel Thompson, five from six conversions to Gareth Widdop, and the Titans, a try to Anthony Don, conversion to Aiden Caesar. Dugan, Marshall, and, and Widdop probably amount to the best attack the Dragons have had in the better part of a decade. Well. Remember 2009, 2010, they'd be lucky to score fucking 3.4 points a game, let alone 34. Yeah, that's true because, I mean, they could hold teams to two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, the only grand final they scored over 30 points, though. Yeah, pretty fucking shit-ass opposition. Yeah, that's true, too. Streakers. It's amazing that, you know, when people say... I remember when they won the comp. Yeah. And people saying, provoke the chokers, it's over. And you said, yeah. you know, one, one swallow doesn't make a summer, basically, yeah. is the gist of what you said. Yeah. How fucking right was I? Well, you just counteracted that by saying they scored 30-odd points in the grand final. How good was their attack? Yeah, but I mean... That whole year, they fucking were winning, you know, games like 7-4. Look, you can't expect me to fucking... To, to be an absolute encyclopedia on what the fucking St. George Illawarra Dragons do. Because you just don't care. I just do not give a fuck. <laughs> I'll talk about them in the, in, in the moment, on the show. But that was fucking years ago. The fuck Stop my story? Stop up old shit. Oh, what the oh, fuck am I? Tigers fan. Why am I in 2005? I've, I've, you know, how do I, I'm, I'm loading new data in my brain all the time. Fucking images of Danny Tequila and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck I got to do with Dragon statistics from 2010? <laughs> fucking nothing. <laughs> Although I agree that, that that Neil Henry is the future at at the Titans, and that future does look a whole lot brighter than what it was looking under Cartwright. The change in coach has done nothing for the Titans in the short term. Look, say what you will about Cardi, but the Titans won some games under his <laughs> fucking coach. That's all. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. 
I'm not saying that Neil Henry is a shit coach, but I'm just saying that the John Cartwright is a shit coach, and Neil Henry has won less games than him. <laughs> and and all, all, all I know is that Neil Henry's winning percentage as head coach of the Gold Coast Titans is exactly zero percent. Whereas I'm sure Cardi, you know, got to 40, 40 maybe overall, something like that. I know we went through the statistics when he when he got the well, asshole. If you can't rattle off some George Lawrence stats, I don't know that you're going to be trotting out Titans statistics. Yeah, the only, the only statistic I ever told is they fucking beat Manly with that bullshit penalty when fucking Preston Campbell cut. <laughs> that was the day that I nearly vaulted the fence and choked fucking Matt Chechen to death. <laughs> You would have been bashed by a security guard and tasered and I would have laughed. I would have got him first. You pissed your pants. I would have got field. him I would have got him first. Happened right in front of us. I only had to get through the in goal to catch him. <laughs> you think know, a big fucking Titans dude or the fucking walking house or the Coral's home is gonna and fucking then, get me. <laughs> and then you would have had to deal with Simone, which is far yeah, more scary yeah. than being tasered and pissing your pants in front of, you know, and the fucking people and the, the fucking Titans. file and, 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 and the fines and shit, you know, whatever it costs you. Although getting banned for life from Seabus wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of the Gold Coast population's banned from Seabus, apparently. I'd say so, I'd say so. So, um, does you have anything else to no. say about this game? You know, Benji's fucking settling in. He is. He's settling in, man. He's playing some decent footy at the moment. Oh, and all credit to him. Oh, oh, you know, I, I don't know if I'd go so far as feeling happy for the guy. But, you know, there's got to be some... You know, there's, a, there's a small sense of, like, you know, fucking... You go, girl. <laughs> <sighs> Monday Night Footbeach. The Melbourne Storm 24 defeated the Penrith Panthers 10. It's sporting bet under 9,000 this time. Crowds in decline out there in uh, Dolesville. And uh, the Storm 24 came from tries to Corbetti, Will Chambers, Ben Roberts... Billy Slater, three from four conversions to Smith in a penalty goal. The Panthers, 10, came from tries to DWZ and Jamal Idris. Sauer got a conversion, and that was it. Tough ask for Penrith without Chico. Um, a lot of their game, a lot of their attack and their structures comes, you know, as, as a lot of clubs do directly from that dummy half um, influence. And he gives them a lot of thrust through the middle uh, with his footwork and his speed. Um, and with all due respect to Kevin Kingston and his, you know, great passing game and defence, they just they just lack that little bit of ex, extra creativity and spark uh, without Seguiaro there. And uh, against the Melbourne Storm, you really need those players that can create something from nothing. If you if you've got a guy that you know passes, you know, a certain percentage of the time and and runs another percentage of the time. It's it's fairly predictable for the for the Melbourne Storm defence, and they've got very good marker defence um, to nullify you know a hooker that's not super quick like Kingston. So, yep. um, just on Penrith, I think come finals time, if they're opposition and and they'll probably play, given they they be strong chance of playing in the top four. Certainly in week one, they're going to play some pretty good opposition. Yeah, and if their opposition rocks up and plays close to their best, then Penrith can't win. That's yeah, I, d- I dare say they'll be slaughtered if the other team oh, comes up at their best. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to say slaughtered, but if the other team does come out of the blocks a bit slowly and Penrith blast out of the blocks, get some early points, they've got the sort of tools. They've got some guys that 
a solid, solid defenders. Yep. Um, and you've got Soward's kicking game, which could pin a team down and make them really have to do the hard yards out of their own end. And while you've got teams doing the hard yards out of their own end, and when they're trying to do that, they're getting absolutely fucking belted by yep. the Dockers and the Plums and the, yep. you know, those sorts of guys, it makes it that much harder. Yep. And Soward can just keep turning them around and making them do it again and again yep. and again. That's Penrith's key to the final series. Yep. Start quickly and hope that your opposition is is a, is a couple of degrees off their game. Yep. Um, and fuck, if you can win a comp doing that, good luck. You know, like if, all credit to you. And I'm not saying they can't do it. It's it's just they've got the tools to to defend a lead and make it difficult for a team. Just they just struggle when you know Melbourne put some pretty slick plays on and Penrith didn't really have. That's a lot right. of answers for them, and when they got behind, they they struggled to come up with with the points. Uh, I felt like the Storm were in control of this game pretty much the entire time. Yeah, I feel so. I didn't I didn't get any real feeling, even and when it was like point, six all at a point there. I still didn't feel like the Storm were any real danger of losing it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Melbourne really showed their class, and and Penrith's passes weren't sticking, and and ultimately that spelt game over. And um, you know, I've said a number of times on the show that I've got a soft spot for Penrith and I really hope they do well this season. Um, they've got some, some good good fans that deserve to see them have some success again and um, and there's a lot of people behind the scenes out there and Gus Goulds has got his detractors but you, you don't have to look far to see the amount of action that they've taken to try and make them a force again. Yep. You know, they've changed the coach, they've changed some of the playing roster to fit in with the values that, that they're set for the club. Um, you know, change of logo, change of the structure with the the league's club. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on down there to, to make this team a force. And, yep. um, you know, I feel that deserves some success. All right, Unky D, bad news, Panthers lost. Good news, it's only one sleep after Monday Night Football before the dial payment. Hash, <laughs> a week in the life of a Panthers fan. <laughs> Mickey T, 1985, injuries slash missing guys finally caught up to us tonight. Melbourne too good, on to next week. Really miss Cigarro's creativity and Shunter, 86. I can't speak about Ben fucking Cummins. But that didn't cost us the game. Really, Mr. Yarrow, let Melbourne strangle us. Soft draw is over, boys. Oh, fuck you, Ben Arsh. Previews for round 25. Jeez, we're coming to the fucking pointy end now. And... We kick off Thursday night football again. Are you are you a massive fan of Thursday night football? Nah. Are you lukewarm? Oh, I'll watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll watch it. I find so I, will plenty of other people they I, won't fucking I, go to it. I find I have to, I find I have to catch it catch it up. Like okay. know, sometime on Saturday, like I don't actually I, I find it hard to watch it on the Thursday night. But uh, this one, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs take on the South Scott Sydney Rabbitohs at ANZ. Man, you do a lot of stuff on a Thursday night. Yeah. Sit on your ass watching fucking cooking shows. Just flick it on the channel nine and watch the TV and shut up. Anyway, usually let's record, move on, shall Usually we? record another podcast, motherfucker. But anyway. On a Thursday? Yeah, because we've been doing Wednesdays lately, us. Oh, right. us so. <laughs> I thought you just fucking switched Dave to Tuesday. I was busy, no. get busy putting grey rinse through his fucking hair. <laughs> 
I've got a fucking fantasy football draft on this Thursday. Uh, what boys. do you do to yourself? I, I don't know. I don't know. I really it's funny know. that I ask you that question when that question gets asked of me possibly 10 times a week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway. What I said to me yesterday, yeah. why do you burn yourself out with all this other stuff? Why don't you just let us burn you out? We pay you. <laughs> yeah, he, he makes an excellent point. Uh, anyway, doggies versus the rabbitos in the battle of who could care less. Now... This one, of course, we mentioned Reynolds named. As it turns out, Hampton wasn't blonde like he made it appear on the night. <laughs> make of that what you will. I'm not saying anything. Make your own decision. I think the Bulldogs, as convincing as their win was against the Tigers, I think the fact that they played fairly soft opposition is going to work against them in this game. And I think South um, will have start, been stung by that loss to the Cowboys and and will be coming out for uh, looking to come out for a big performance against the Bulldogs. I don't think the Bulldogs form. Um, you know they were desperate against. Uh, fuck. Parramatta Tigers. Was it, it was Para. Sorry, I oh, wanted to say Brisbane. Here. I'm like, no, fucking Brisbane belted them. They were desperate against Para and they got the win. And then they had a pretty soft game against the Tigers and give them a thumping. But. Um, yeah, I think South are going to give him a touch-up. Yep, I think South easily agree with 100%. Um, Brisbane Broncos take on the St. George Illawarra Dragons, Suncorp, Friday night football. Last home game of the season. And uh, again, I'm going to try and get Jackson there. And uh, this is a tough one. I think Brisbane forwards could probably do the job here. This is a battle between two sides. Really, the the loser does bow out at this point. Absolutely. So that that should be you know ensure a lot of desperation. I believe so. I believe that they uh, they can still make it. I don't know if they're mathematical chances or yeah, their actual right. chances, but uh, I think they can make it. Yeah. There's a bit of a log jam down there in the bottom. I'm going to tip the Broncos, and I think it'll be a decent crowd. I think the Broncos. Yeah, well, Dragons always draw a decent crowd yeah, as well. Sure. I mean, this is a you know a traditional rivalry game back from when you know. Way back in the early days of the Broncos' grand final years in the early nineties, plus can't play. plus you got the, you know the whole then Benny became the coach of them a couple of years ago. So there's been a lot of a lot of flavour to the rivalry over the years, and uh, this one should be no different. It's just which Broncos team is going to turn up? Is it the one that pumps teams, or is it the one that gets absolutely fucking slaughtered? Yeah, I don't know that the Dragons have really, you know, they did a job on the Titans, but I think Brisbane are going to play to, you know, they play with a certain level of consistency. Um, and it's only really, you know, the level over and above that that they get, um, which dictates their results. Um, but I think, to, for the most part, you know what you're going to get out of Brisbane. And um, the Dragons... You don't. Yeah. I, I think, with you know, any time you've got Benji Marshall in the squad, you, you, you do run the risk of being fairly unpredictable. So, um, and that can work for you or against you and it's not really unpredictable yeah it's not unpredictable in terms of what is going to happen during the the play-by-play stuff yeah it's unpredictable in terms of the form line of the entire side exactly um but no i'm I'm prepared to go on out out on a limb and tip the broncos here and and keep their uh charge to the top eight off yep i'll go home team on that one too newcastle knights take on the Parramatta eels three o'clock on saturday at hunter stadium this one well you know newcastle knights They'll want to come back from a very poor performance. This last will be week. old boys' day, isn't it? Is it old boys' day? Or is it like, I mean, I know Manly this weekend are having their members' appreciation thing. So is it old boys at Newcastle? 
Knights are always dangerous on Old Boys Day, and that's probably the only reason I would give them a chance in this game. But having said that, I think Paris got way too much to play for, uh, and the Knights were very, very poor last week against Brisbane, so I'll be tipping Para. Yep, I'm going to go Paris, probably a safer option. But, you know, the Knights, like you said, who knows? Both of these teams don't display enough consistency to know who's going to turn up. Sure. So I guess, you know, Parramatta, the current form line says them. So I guess we'll see. Canberra Raiders take on the West Tigers at 5.30pm down there in Canberra. And this one, stage two, of two. The, well, stage two of the Cup of Feces Tri-Series. Um, clearly, I'm going to tip the Tigers. Can the Tigers do it? Well, if they don't win at least one of the next two games, then fucking the NRL in 2014 can well and truly go and get fucked. I just want to say, peep this as a back line. Hitchcocks, Akawala, Patterson, Lawrence, Richards, Austin, Moses. Yeah. West Tigers will win the kickoffs and that's about it. <laughs> Honestly, McCrone's on the bench, so Ricky Stewart can coach. <laughs> can select a, can can select a side. The, the 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 killer bees fucking half combination of Anthony Milford and Mitch Cornish. Get a Mitch in the side, and they start winning. Oh, how sad! <laughs> Look, we got a Mitch of our own. Um, yeah, but he's garbage, and he's a little bitch too. Yeah, wow. I said it. Fucking want to hush your mouth, mate. <laughs> Bitchel Moses. <laughs> <laughs> Tigers will be too strong in the forwards and uh, Moses and Austin. Um, and they'll be going to one side of the field all game. That'll be their side with Lawrence and Richards. And uh, yeah, I think they'll. I don't think it'll be convincing. I think it'll be ugly and I think it'll be everything we expect it to be. And, and, and I apologise apologize in advance for it, but the Tigers will win. Yeah, in Canberra. Camera players, <laughs> what the fuck? Who knows what's going to happen in this game? Both sides are going absolutely fucking busted, and who knows who's going to turn up? I got no fucking idea. I'm going to go to the home team, Canberra. The end. Fuck you. Only, only for you know. Fuck you. I'll be delighted for you if the Tigers win. Delighted, I'm I tell just you. Past caring at this stage of the season. <laughs> this is definitely the lowest you've been in the, in the history I'm doing just... the show. Look, I love the Tigers, and I'm West Tigers for life. And I'll watch the game, and I'll cheer them, and I'll fucking wheel them home. But this season cannot fucking end fast enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sydney Roosters take on the Melbourne Storm Saturday night, 7.30 in Allianz. Well, we'll get an idea as to just where both these teams are. I think the Storm have been building, as have the Roosters, and... Uh, the last last week's performances were impressive from both teams. Um, I just think the Storm are almost yesterday's heroes. I think the Roosters, current premiers, are building nicely in a full strength side. Good match this one. I've, it's yeah. once again these guys only just started the game, but I think the Roosters will squeak it out. I think the Roosters will probably win this game. Um, it's it's really hard to tell though because you know both of the teams are only just sort of hitting their straps now and who's really hitting their straps? Who was a flash in the pan? Look, I'm going to say Roosters, but it should be a cracking match. Agreed. New Zealand Warriors take on the Gold Coast Titans over at Mount Smart Sunday afternoon, two p.m. Warriors by fifty. I'd agree with that. 
Maybe not fifty, but um. The, no, I'm I'm going to go with fifty. Look, I do want to I do want to highlight one matchup where I think that the Dons. Titans could actually put it in. Uh, where the Titans might be able to put in a bit of a performance. James Roberts, we've spoke about him, you know, several times over the last couple of weeks. Sensational pace, great footwork. Dominic Peru. Lining up against fucking Peru. French, French for Reggie's grade. Yeah. Fucking could be a bit of an alleyway there for old James Roberts. <laughs> he might get a hat trick. I might have someone in for first try scorer and maybe even uh, multiple try scorer. It looks like, like it's all it. it looks like it's all set up there for him. So, having said that, I think the Warriors will win very easily. But um, because then you've got like you know, Takarangi lining up on Connie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no one wants that. If yeah, Conrad. If Conrad takes the field, he'll yeah, he'll have his way with him. All right. I'm constantly telling one of the boys in in uh, Springfield Panthers under seven Watts, who is a uh, quite a strong, powerful Polynesian kid. Yeah. For under sevens. Yeah. I said, mate, what you need? He, he's he's torn. This kid. Yeah. Great kid. Great kid. Great parents. But he's torn. He wants. He's. He's got all the all the potential to be Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah. All he wants to do is be Israel Folau. <laughs> Every time he gets the ball, it's fucking scooting out down, wanting to get down the sideline. Yeah. I said, mate, what I want you to do is I want you to head to the middle, and I want you to use your footwork, and use your strength, and bust them. I said, when all else fails, pick a kid out and run straight at him, because I guarantee you, none of them want to tackle you. Yeah. I don't want to tackle you. Yeah. None of them do. Trust me. And so he gets the ball and he starts heading towards the sideline and I'm like, straight, run straight. And he hears me and he steps back inside. Sure enough, he fucking beats kids with footwork and with his fend and just they just don't want a fucking bar of it, yeah. this kid. And he's not the biggest kid on the field, yeah. but fuck, he runs hard. Yeah. So, yes, that's my little uh, little story about alleyways opening up. All right. Match of the round, 3 o'clock, Brookvale Oval, Members Appreciation Day, Mighty Manly Seagulls take on the Penrith Panthers. You want to talk about Penrith's soft draw? Doesn't get much softer than this. Soft draw ended last week, and uh, I don't know who they play in round 26, but uh, yeah, it's obviously going through the hard part of their draw now. Lucky for them, they put enough points in the bank until the hard part started. But they shouldn't be uh, accumulating too many. Their minor premiership aspirations end on Sunday. And uh, maybe their top four, I guess we'll find out. The only negative I can see for Manly in this entire lineup of players is that Matt Chechen's refereeing the game. <laughs> Does he have the fucking balls to do a standard Chechenator performance at Brookvale Oval? They pretty they come very seldomly there because obviously, you know, his survival instinct kicks in, uh, you know, over his Manly hatred. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, this Manly side has named I don't think they're going to take the field like that for starters Jason King's getting suspended for a week isn't he so what's he named for so I presume someone like Tyson Andrews or you know hopefully someone like Denamus Louis. I don't know how long uh, how far away he is with his ankle injury I believe it is but uh, you know the sooner he gets back in the better um, but yeah I looked at the odds for this I was, when I was on footy tips or something uh, earlier today Manly are about a dollar twenty-five. Penrith over four dollars. That's fucking ludicrous. A game between two top four sides. Manly were ex- exposed last week as premiership pretenders, and I think the Panthers <laughs> will, will only add add to that mystique. And I think that they'll uh, 
They'll score. You know, they'll put this soft draw bullshit to bed with a win at Brookvale. There you go, Penrith nerds. Go and jerk off over that. Yeah, that's Glenn's opinion. Now, here's the truth. 24-10 will seem like a fucking dream scoreline for them. Manly will kick it into gear this week and show these motherfuckers what time it is. And and the time is, and the answer to that question, what the fucking time is it? Premiership time. The time is 11pm, so stop talking about Manly. <laughs> um, North Queensland Cowboys take on the Cronulla Southern Sharks. At 1,300 teeth, Fuck. Monday night foot bitch, and how much is Cronulla going to get absolutely fucking blasted by? 40. I'm going to go at least 40 points. I'm going to go the upset. <laughs> what? No, I'm not. <laughs> Cowboys by a million. That is full time for episode 169. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League and Facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Uh, hit the like button, share it around. You guys are awesome at doing that. Keep it going. iTunes, you're not awesome at that. No new reviews this week. So come on, word that us up. Sucks. Tell us how awesome we are. Give us five stars, etc., etc. I mean, we've had about 280 reviews on there, which is a fucking drop in the ocean for the actual listeners we have. So if everyone, every listener who hasn't given us a review before, if they go in and give us a review on iTunes this week, the show next week will include an hour of reading our reviews. <laughs> uh, tipping. Well, a change in the regime again. Whitey was the leader. He got three out of eight this round. That fucked him off the third on differential. The magician in second place, he got four. But with five points, David Tint- David Kingston has taken the lead on differential. Jesus. All three of them are on 118 points. Back in fourth and fifth, we have Kylie M and GT John on 117. A further point back, we have Tigers 12.0, Desi's Ducks, three-card magic trick, and CA photo. And in 10th position on 115, we have Gleeso. And uh, also, I believe that the defending champion is in 11th on 115. But at this point, the poor form of the guys up the very, very top has meant it's only three points from... First to eleventh, Jesus. Which means that it's possible, you know, we've got two rounds of action plus the finals. I mean, once the finals start, I have a feeling that there, the upsets won't be as as numerous. And there's only like you know four matches and two matches and two matches and things like that. So the the ability to accumulate points is very very low. But the next two rounds, it's it's a sprint to the finish line here. We got uh, probably any of five or six people can win it. It's good. Two thousand fourteen membership, two thousand fifteen membership up for grabs too for the winner. A worthy prize. Fantasy. The Wendells, again, on top, and uh, they shall not be headed at this stage. I'd say the, the lead just keeps increasing by like 100 or so each week. Too Much Tuna in second, Mighty Doggies, Sarcastic Pricks, Sticky Fingers Fergo, Dingbats, Mischief, CJs, Bobbers, and NZ underscore Magpie, 54. That rounds out your top 10, and I think Wendells are pretty much home. Also, 2015 membership, just saying. Of course, we're clearing out the old Revelation shirts, the Tigers in Decline shirts, the old Stubby Coolers, um, the Caps. And the caps are awesome. The caps were going off this week. I think we sold, you know, a good amount of the caps. Let's just say the flat brim ones are all there as well to get into. Everything's half price. Get to thisweekinleague.com. Hit the online shop button. Go there. Shop till you drop. We want to run all this shit out so we can do more of the same again. Uh, not more of the same, but updated models, updated merch. Maybe we put a hoodie in as merch. 
rather than a membership yeah. thing. Maybe give people the opportunity to buy a hoodie. That sort of shit can happen, but we want to clear out the old stuff because uh, I'm sick of looking at it, to be honest. And there's very few, I mean, as far as the shirts are concerned, very few. It's really the caps we've got to clear out now because, um, and the stubby coolers. There's yep. a lot of those going around as well. But uh, the shirts, there's less than 10 combined of the Revelation and Tigers in Decline shirts now. So, good job. Um, that's it. Flying. That's it. Uh, We're I done. I don't have anything to add, I don't think. Footy season's over for the kids, yeah? Yeah. Games-wise. Kids are done. I'm um, going to do a little presentation, you know, get some awards made up and make up some little footy-related packs for each kid just yeah. for our team. This week um, in League Stubby Cooler. <laughs> Tigers sure, in the Climb Shirt. I'm sure that's appropriate, but... <laughs> CD of the best of this week in League. <laughs> God. <laughs> Poor kids. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do that. And then the following week is the official presentation day. And, uh, yeah, poor Jackson. No chance of getting any awards while everyone on the coach. Yeah. I just well. refuse. Unless he, like, if he shone like he did at soccer last year, he would get... Have you done a thing like, you know, is there like a top try scorer? Have you, have you, nah. Have you been tallying Because you're not tonight? supposed to score. Like, it's, it, you can't really, you can't yeah. really do that. Um, but we've got a, a best and fairest, a player's player, and a most improved. So, yeah. you know, we uh, will be handing those awards out. Coach's favourite. Well, he'd win that. <laughs> he'd win that. But, uh, no, it's... Uh, I, I said to the boys that I, when soccer finished last year, um, you know, it, I was glad to see the end of it. There was yep. a couple of kids in the team that were right cunts. And... Uh, <laughs> I was named Mitch, no doubt about it. <laughs> Actually, one was. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was glad to see the back of it, but you know these these kids and and the families that we're involved with now, it's uh, it's an absolute pleasure. So be good to uh, see them again for the presentations, and then uh, crack into the off season in November and get them running some sand hills and nice. Uh, you know start uh, working into a solid season in the under eights. Awesome. Undefeated. Asterisk. Asterisk. <laughs> now, uh, if, if you ordered a membership, they'll be going out tomorrow afternoon. So, like, you know, you're listening to us on Wednesday morning, presumably. Wednesday afternoon, I'll be posting them out. So, if you're listening Wednesday morning, you haven't got a membership yet and you want to get it quickly, get it in there before lunchtime and I'll make sure it goes out tomorrow as well. And, uh, yeah, that's it. See you next week. See ya. Team as well. There's the Sharks, Cowboys, Panthers, Rabbitohs, Dragons, Raiders, Storm and the Broncos, Titans, Tigers, Knights and the Eagles, Warriors, Bulldogs, Roosters and Eels. They all contest to win the Premiership and do their best not to let their off-the-field behaviour slip. Like the Sharks, Scott Carney, thought it would be funny to drink from the man bubbler right there in the dunny. Bear Grylls does it often. I don't see the problem. I bloody love a piss-up. Now you get your game on. Get your game on. Get your game on! Let me introduce you to the Bulldogs from Canterbury. I shit you not, they can't get enough. Controversy mid-season, Sonny Bill left the doggies for froggies, left the fans in tears, and their Kleenex all soggy. Then later, Billy Slater got bitten on the year by James Graham. They were playing the grand final that year. Nate Miles from the Titans, he shot on the hotel carpet. Give the man a break, he was drunk, he couldn't help it. Don't worry, mate, we've all been there, my son. Yeah.